Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this. It's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it, and I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible. Just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meats, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. And if you want to get water, Liquid Death water, go to amazon.com. But for merchandise and other things that's not water, go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Damn. <laughs> Let's just talk about it because 
because now I'm recording. All right. Yeah. But like every time I have people on this podcast from West or like bands that from, are from New York, they always say that about New York bands. I don't know, just the vibe or whatever the st- stigma was about. I don't know the New York bands. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. It's intimidation, uh-huh. but it's not necessarily on purpose. It's just yeah. you, you. I think as New Yorkers or East Coast in general, you kind of have a different swagger, a different vibe. Definitely, and we're not Coast. used to it. You know, we're small town guys. Yeah. Right? So like yeah. we came from Bremerton, Washington. It's a Navy town. Yeah. It's, it's military, and we uh, we're seeing things for the first time a lot of time. You know, and so I feel like it's just. You guys over there have to to survive the streets, whatever it is. That's in my mind. Okay, these guys are hard. And then we think about the ocean out here. Yeah. It's different. And now I'm just all zen out here on the West Coast. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've been here for like over 20 years. So, like, yeah, I'm a totally different person. I can <laughs> imagine living in New York again, you know? Yeah, do you do you snap up? Will you get that attitude now and again? The New I feel York? like being an East Coaster, you do have like a, kind of a, like a... I don't know a little bit of something over with people who are just from out here. I don't know different edge, I guess. You got yeah. you got when you visit, it's got to come out more too. Like, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we got Bobby Hunters here. Say what's up, Bobby. Hi everyone. Hello. <laughs> I'm here. What's up, Bobby? I'm I told Bobby I was having you guys in the podcast. Oh, by the way, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the One Left One Chance podcast. <laughs> I didn't yeah. do my intro. <laughs> I got my kind of co-host here, Bobby Hundreds, today, who's Hi. a big fan of you guys. Huge. And I got Mike and Tommy from MXPX. So thank you guys for being here. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank um, you. I mean, I mentioned we're going to have you on a couple of days ago. We're like, oh, my God. Yeah, talking. yeah, yeah. I ran into Toby at Sound and Fury, and he said, I have MXPX this week. And I don't remember ever being like, I need to be there for that specific. Like, I have to be there for that guest. And he was like, yeah. I don't know what, what it is. With, <laughs> you guys have always felt so inaccessible and mysterious. Really? Mm, yeah. Wow. It's I mean, cool. there are world-famous like bands that are, you know, pop culture superstars that I feel like are very much within arm's reach. Yeah. And, and then there are bands that are just entirely obscure and independent or just so underground that from the woods up in the Northwest, but something about you guys, it was like a blend of everything where we all have just such fun, uh, memories and relationships with the band and with the music. But I was just like, I kind of liked the idea that you were untouchable. Now they're touchable, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when he was like, they're going to be in the house, I was like, I kind of have to like just see them that they exist. They're not an idea. (laughs) Oh, because you weren't like from like New York or LA or something, or just like no, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just everyone I know has been like, oh, I met that band, or I went and saw and hung out with so and so, and everyone can get to each other. But I'm like, what about MXPX? They're like, oh, dude, it's a huge fan, huge fan, or you know, they are still fans, and they're just like, I don't know how to get to them so that's why i was that was my first question when i asked you, you, yeah, do you how did that? you connect with them yeah do you feel that way you guys feel people feel like unapproachable or not i don't know about unapproachable we definitely talked about it recently though like how different things would have been if we grew up and we lived down in orange county or something like that because yeah. we would have been around everything like going to like parties at people's houses and just running into people at the grocery store or whatever but like it's just different like we come down to visit and we got some things we're doing and then we get out again mm. you know i kind of like that though it's, like it's kind of off the grid, I guess. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, I love where we live. You know, it's it's very green and beautiful. And like, it's right now, it's like hotter than here. Honestly, it's crazy up there. It's, it's great. But yeah, it's just it's. It was. We always wonder, like, what would it have been like if we were just there, like, you know, hanging all the time. Like, hey, we're gonna do warp tour. Do you think you want to jump on it? Oh, sure. You know, so like, yeah, getting calls and like like just running into people at like shows. Yeah. Did you feel like you had to like kind of prove yourself even more because you weren't from like L.A. or New York? You come from where you came from to get into the world that, that you're in now where people are uh, acceptable of you guys because you didn't come from O.C. or New York or these Chicago, anywhere like that. 
Yeah, I mean, we always had to kind of like push ourselves even more. Um, I think it was more of just like we pushed ourselves. Yeah. Not, not necessarily feeling the pressure of people pushing us, but um, everybody always thought we were from Southern California. Me too. Even, even yeah. in yeah. our hometown, people were like, yeah, MXPX, they're from California, right? Like, no, we're from here. We're here. But we had that sound. We sounded like, obviously, the Descendants a yes. little bit. You know, I'm not saying we sound like the Descendants, but... Big influence. Influence. Oh, yeah. huge, 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 huge. Yeah. So we just ran with that. And, and discovering punk rock and hardcore all kind of the same time, I, I would say I would say we got into hardcore pretty early. Um, yeah, it was like... I mean, I was listening to like Metallica and Pearl Jam, and all of a sudden, a friend of mine gave me a copy of Bad, Bad Religion, No Control, and a nice. copy of Liveage, and I was just in. And then, like... I swear, like maybe like you know, a couple months later, it was Gorilla Biscuits and like Youth of Today, and all. it was just like nice. It was yeah. like it was right, like it was all just flooding in. Like, give me more, give me more. This is what I do now. This is me. How old were you guys? I think I was fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Something yeah, like it was yeah. early. Yeah. On. It was it was so MXPX started in '92, so it was yeah. the summer before high school for us, and everything like Violent Femmes. It was so eclectic, like the things that I was kind of into. Um, but then as I started going to local shows, then I started getting more into like just the straight punk bands. Like, like you said, Bad Religion, yeah, yeah. uh, Black Flag, all that, um, Descendants, of course. Yeah, yeah. All the classics, the Clash. Tom's a huge Clash fan. He, he kind of brought the Clash to us and was like, mm-hmm. check this out, you know? Yeah. The Clampdown, all these songs yeah. that yes. we didn't it's know just, about. <laughs> the thing I love about that band too is just like every record was just so different. It's yeah. So just like they're just like, oh, cool. Like they kind of like reggae, and you can tell from the first records there's like you know police and thieves, but then like they kind of get more and more, and just like sometimes they go deep in the rabbit hole of it. And it's great. Yeah, Sandinista was like a really different one, right? Yeah, it was just they were just all over the place on that one, just everywhere. That that's what life won't life won't wait reminds me. Kind of, um, yeah, I, I can see that, yeah. Because there's such a big influence on Rancid too. Yeah. But I love that like Joel Strom went to New York. He fell in love with hip hop. Like, yeah. just the different styles he brought into punk. I love that, too. Yeah. Um, it's great. So, do you guys grow up together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think I met Mike first day of high school because Yuri was in a band with him over the summer, and we went to different junior highs, and first day of school, was like, Yuri's like, hey, I want you to meet a friend, Mike. We're really in this band together. I was like, oh, no way. And since then. Since then. Yeah. 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 Every wow. Day, every yeah. day. So, <laughs> it's weird because, you know, growing up in where we grew up, it's kind of spread out. You know yeah. people from your school, a few other people from other schools, but you can't really get around. Like I remember I was, I skateboarded. I learned, I learned to love skateboarding because I would use it to go to my girlfriend's house, which was like two, two miles away. Yeah. And it's just on this back road, you know, like no city, no blocks or anything, just <laughs> county road. I'm sure it's kind of like Jersey or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. know, It's that vibe. So, you know, back in those days, it was, it was, you had a tight group, but you didn't necessarily meet a lot of people. We didn't meet a lot of people until we started going to shows, which was high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you remember your first show that you went to? Uh, my first show yeah. like was a local show, like this community hall that doesn't even exist anymore in Bremerton. But, uh, God, who was it? It was like, I don't even remember. Like a bunch of local bands. Local bands. Probably Bad Juju was there. They bad were like Juju, very, yeah. very, like, very like bad religion-y. Like one of those bands that were like, oh, they sound just like all those other. They sound amazing. They sound so <laughs> yeah. good. Like they sound like a Dude. record, you know? We would not be a band if not for that local band, Bad Juju. That's true. Yes. Oh, wow. I would go down to their house. Uh, the bass player's house was like a quarter mile from my house. And Lumpy. Lumpy. Lumpy yeah. yeah. Shout out Lumpy. Um, anyway, so I'd go and watch their band practice and just like, oh, my gosh. And I didn't play bass yet or anything. And that was like, okay, I think I could do this. I was just trying to sing. Yeah. And had a, a, a couple misfit kids, you know, trying to do stuff. 
but we never could play a song. Like we were just like, uh, I was like trying to get these guys together. And finally, you know, when I finally met Yuri, Tom's actually not the original guitar player. Mm-hmm. So I met Andy was my, uh, the, the first guitar player of MXPX, Andy Husted, but he was my childhood friend. And then once I met Tom, it was kind of like it switched a little bit. Sorry, Andy. Still love you. <laughs> it was weird at the time, you know, because yeah. you don't know how to kick somebody out of a band because Andy wasn't showing up to band practice. Mm. He wasn't he wasn't taking anything seriously. He, he was didn't like, want to go on tour. He didn't want to go on tour. Which I couldn't believe. Like, how do you not want to go jump in a van and go play around the country? Didn't yeah. want to ask his parents. Okay. Yeah. That was a, I think it was a little bit of his that. His parents were strict or something? Very strict. Okay. And just like, no, they didn't like the band. So, like, there's all these, like, barriers you face as a kid that seem kind of silly now but i mean it, it is true that you know you can't necessarily do anything you want to do as a kid no your parents are going to tell you all right kid do this do that yuri on the other hand he got grounded from the band a couple times oh, yeah yeah Carl, like, get your grades up or you're not going to play with the band anymore. yeah yuri's our drummer for anybody wondering um so when i met yuri that's when mxp started and then i met him a, well i met you and then he joined the band about a year later yeah okay were your parents cool about you guys playing music obviously they weren't really strict yeah, uh, my dad. When I got in the band, I was like, "Dad, I need like a like a real guitar amp." And so like he like loaned me some money to buy a half stack, and <laughs> nice. we went on, went on our first tour. And like I came back with enough money to like between the shows we'd played locally and like you know scraping together money, and I paid him back like the last little bit after our first tour. And he was like, "I honestly wrote that money off when I gave it to you. I thought I'd never see it again." Wow. And I was like, I was just, I was so stoked to be like, "No, nah, I paid you back, man." <laughs> yeah, it was like you know they were they were supportive and they. They got it and like, okay, they're going out and they're playing shows and oh, they have the CD now. Cool. But like, I don't think they really like fully appreciate it until we start, like they start hearing us on the radio or wow. like their friends would mention, Hey, I heard about your son's band. would be like, really? Why did you hear about my son's band? Like it just, that's, that's when awesome. I think it started clicking to them. And so you guys were in school while you're in the band, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so did it High affect school. your grades or anything like that? Were you guys good students? No, I was like a solid uh, two five. <laughs> yeah. I was like just good enough. I've always been like the just good enough. Get, yeah. get it done. So like I remember painting painting this fence for this doctor guy that my mom like cleaned her ha- his house okay. when I was a kid, and she got me hired to do this job. And I'm like, I'm like doing all this maintenance at his house, and I'm painting this fence, and it just looked terrible. I know I I was just like, okay, maybe he won't notice. Yeah. And so I leave. I get the call later, like, dude, you got to come back and finish this. This is terrible. It's sloppy. So like I feel like that was my high school years, like getting just doing just enough to get by yeah the last just half, getting the grades to pass too. just getting enough. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. last the last half of our senior year we started really kind of doing things like we were flying out on weekends or driving down to other places like we were getting notes yeah. from our parents like you know please excuse tom from school on friday he has to fly to nashville for a show like wow and like our parents like they exported it and like but the attendance office would be like what is this or like <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> real i don't know did you do a showcase in your backyard for tooth and nail is that true playing your backyard Sort of. Well, our first show was in, in my backyard. Yeah. So that was uh, July 6th. Um, but Do you remember then, the date too? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember the date. The July awesome. 6th, 1992. So that's what we consider our first show okay. and, and our first, you know, when the band started. It's a band birthday. But, you know, um, I, just, uh, I said you remember that, but I, ha- I, have, a, I have my band's first show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. 12, 30, 94, just to remember it. Yeah. Amazing. You're going yeah. to have a hard time Amazing. forgetting. Exactly. Um, yeah, but to the nail, a couple of months, I don't know if it was a month, half a month later, or it was a while later. We we, t- we did a few shows. It was at least six months later. Uh, we met Aaron Sprinkle at a show, and he was a producer. Well, he was trying to be a producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a producer now. But um, at the time, he was just a band guy. He played for a band called Poor Old Lou, and they were from Seattle, kind of alternative, not really punk. 
but we're like taking any gig we can. And it was very eclectic as far as the scene goes. Like there wasn't any bands that sounded anything like the descendants or anything like that yeah. at the time. Um, in our area like that. But so, but we, uh, we just made it happen as far as that goes. Like we just, we got, I'm trying to think like, Had you played, I, that was your first show and then tooth and nails there. Okay. Yeah. Tooth and nail. That's um, crazy. sorry. Yeah. Tooth and nail because of Brandon okay. sprinkle or sorry, Aaron sprinkle told Brandon from tooth and nail, dude, these kids check them out. And so he came to my garage and That's like crazy. hung out at our practice area in the garage and it was like, all right, I really want to do something with you guys. So he, at first it was going to be a seven inch and he heard what we did and he's like, no, let's do a full length. And wow. So he did a full length and you're like 15 years old at that point. Yeah. Yeah. 15. Yeah, that's crazy. About that, man. about that, like 15, 16, somewhere in there, just starting to drive. Hmm. Um, it was wild because, you know, you have some record label guy coming and flashing $2 bills at you. you, know, you <laughs> yeah. So I remember when we, we signed to the label and, He's kind of just like, yeah, you know, if you want to get a lawyer or not. And Andy, our, our original guitar player, his parents were like, maybe we should get a lawyer. And we're like, nah, nah. <laughs> someone wants to. Someone it. wants to put a record out for us. We'll let's do just it. We'll do it. That's yeah. boring. So yeah. no lawyer. That's not no punk. lawyer. Wow. No, no. So <laughs> we did We just went for it. We had our parents co-sign for us because we were too young. We were okay. eighteen. Yeah. Um, that's insane. Small town kids. You know, it's like, hmm. Let's take advantage of this. Or, someone or, someone wanted gonna, to put our record out. But you could have got a lawyer if you wanted to. He wasn't saying we could have. No, oh, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. we could have. Yes. He and did say you probably don't need one. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. And, and so that's like a Christian label, punk label, right? Yeah, Christian punk label. And so label, you guys yeah. Christian kids? We were. I was a youth group kid. Okay. Like I grew up yeah. going to youth group, all that. Okay. And, and then discovered punk rock, you know, later. Yeah. Um, did your parents trip on that, being a Christian, listen to that type of music, or... My parents kind of heard about bad religion. Like that yeah. name alone is kind of right, shocking. Right. You would think they would be strict about it, but my parents are hippies. Okay. And I think they were new Christians at the time. Okay. So they didn't really know. Don't let your kid listen to that. They didn't know. <laughs> don't let your kid go stay at, you know, his girlfriend's house at night or whatever, you know, like things like that. I'm almost positive. Like I wore the crosswester shirt to like school and had to turn it inside out one I'm day sure. from, from one of the teachers. And yeah. I was like, why? What's, what's the big deal? <laughs> It's yeah. a band. I love them. They're great. That's still like a shocking logo to this day to, to people. To some year, people, yeah, sure. but it's yeah. like, yeah. Chill. Might be one of the punkest logos if you think about <laughs> it's it. It's pretty yeah. punk. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Growing up and, you know, going to the youth group, all that, like, I, it's just kind of what I knew, right? Mm -hmm. So got, getting into punk rock was just, to me, it was normal. It was just like being part of being a kid. I was into skateboarding, getting into hardcore, all that. Uh, for me, it was just like, okay, this is the next thing that I'm into. Yeah. I never thought, oh, is this at odds with what your core beliefs are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, along the same lines, you know, when we started listening to hardcore, I started, you know, drawing X's on my hands, you know, went straight edge. Nice. For no real, re I mean, <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't have any issues, no drug issues. Or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. You, know, like you weren't partying nothing before that? I mean, I, I got drunk in drink. fourth grade. Okay. But I didn't go back to it. It wasn't a life of craziness after that. You know, it was yeah. just kind of like, wow, okay. Um, but if funny. you listen to Gorilla Biscuits, you'd say, like, wow, this is sick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was, I mean, Gorilla Biscuits were my number one hardcore band for sure. Nice. I, I, don't, yeah, I don't remember what song it was, but I remember in like maybe 11th grade, I did like a little like you play a song in front of the class and you give everyone a copy of the lyrics and you talk about what the lyrics mean to you. And I can't remember what song it was, but I was like, 
That one was, of those off that, of was, that record? That was, that was, Probably yeah, like was on Star, Star Today. Today or something. I can't remember what song Damn. it was, but it was, it was one of those ones. You know? All of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, it always starts with Gorilla, Gorilla Biscuits. Biscuits. Yeah. 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 My claim to fame is that I sang back up on that record. You did? The whole record. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, I lived with Gorilla Biscuits when I was 18 during so the, the making of that record. Awesome. Yeah. See, that's, that's, that's the first time. That's I why I love them so much. Thank you. Hearing your so my backups. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'm like, that's who's it. that guy in the back? I told Siv it's his fault to have a band because that was it. My first time recording in the studio was at their record. You're hooked. But they changed yeah. my life too, man, in a million ways. Yeah. So after, yeah. So obviously, you find Gorilla Biscuits. You probably find a bunch of the New York stuff too at that point, right? Yeah. Our, yeah. our, our merch guy. We we found Gary in just on tour early on, and he was in Texas, and he just came came with us. Just like left his life, got got in the van. And he introduced us to Sick of It All. He had nice. a Sick of It All oh, tattoo. All tattoo. Sick. Yeah, yeah. It's all that. Yeah, it was dope. <laughs> like, we're like, what is that? Oh, and So, I mean, for, for us, we should have known about Sick of It All already, but we didn't. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It was one of those things, too, back in those days, you'd get the CD and it'd have the, the catalog in it. And you'd be like, I've never heard of that. There was no YouTube to go listen to yeah, it. And you're man. like, yeah. I'm buying this sight unseen because it's on Revelation and it's got to be good. Totally. Yep. It's the same yeah. thing like with Victory Records and all those other ones. Yeah. Everybody bought everything. Even Epitaph too. Was Epitaph, all those Lookout, Fat. It was like it was like that through high school. Like you know, and then you're waiting like you know four weeks for like you mailed a check to someone. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Kids were so loyal to those labels. Mm-hmm. Anything you put out, they check out. That was yep. that was an amazing yep. time. And those those uh, samplers, the CDs and cassettes. Oh yeah. So many people. The Warp Tour comps. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's everybody right. got those for free. So those everybody heard your band. Yeah. And it was always one of those things too with the with the you know okay Rancid's out on Epitaph. I don't know who they are. I heard one of the guys from Operation Ivy's in or something. Oh, someone. One person <laughs> yeah. would buy it, and then everyone would like have a tape copy and be like, Oh my God, they're the greatest band. This is amazing. So good. Yeah. I so, feel like you guys did that for Tooth and Nail too, right? Yeah. There's I feel probably I mean, part sure. of it. Yeah. yeah I feel like so yeah, many of those it. bands. I mean, they were great, but you you guys were the headliner, and people were coming for that, and then they were discovering. Like Focal Point or Overcome or like these other Tooth and Nail bands. Focused. Yeah. Focus. No, another, yeah. Another, another early, early. Wow. That was. Do you remember Focus? No, I don't. We used to stay with Tim when we came down here. Our first couple wow. tours down in Long Beach. Yeah. Shout out Tim. What's yeah. up? Yeah, I mean Tooth and Nail was definitely at the very beginning when we got signed, and of course, so were we. So it was yeah. perfect. It really changed our lives as far as like, obviously now we're still in a band after all yeah. these years, but. Um, so I don't regret any of that, like tooth and nail, all of that. It, it, it's helped us grow. It's helped us become who we are today. It's we've learned a ton. We've learned yeah. not to be, not to hold grudges. You know, like for a long time, you, if you asked me about tooth and nail, I would. Oh yeah. I would start talking. You know, it's uh-huh. yapping. But, but, but at the same time, it's like no, we've learned a lot, and. In fact, I'm glad they did that because I wouldn't be here probably yeah. in the same aspect how I am. Yeah. So. So you guys basically just graduated and just went on tour. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, we sh- we graduated school Monday, shot our first video on Tuesday, and went on tour for two months on Wednesday. Wow, yeah. man! Straight out of high school. And all you wanted to do at that point was just music. There was any other goals you pushed to the side or anything or ambitions? No, just didn't, music. No, didn't have never. anything. That was it. And it Damn. was we got home from that tour and it went okay. We didn't die. Like our van blew up a little bit. <laughs> our van did blow up. Yeah, we we blew up. We blew our van, our engine, like our first tour. Like had to buy only. It was it was just it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> but uh, man, we got, and we got home from that. And immediately it was like, well, we should do another one, right? Like, let's go on tour this fall. And like, hey, maybe we should record some more. And it was just like, it just snowballed. Going. Yeah, like just decades going. later, it was like, oh god, we've been doing that for a minute now. A long time, man. Yeah, yeah. So, how long were you guys on Tooth and Nail before you went to A and M? Was it a while? 
it was what ninety seven eight somewhere in ninety seven ninety seven. The first record came out in ninety four. That was yeah. the first yeah. one. Yeah, it was like three years. Yeah, but then you guys have a lot of records too. I feel like such a loser every time my bands. I've band's been together thirty years. We have seven albums. <laughs> and I look at your <laughs> roster of albums. It's like. We're lazy, bro. Uh, <laughs> like, you see these bands that like work so hard; they have so many records out. I feel yeah, like we just—I didn't feel like we had to iterate over mm. and over to like just keep finding out who we want to sound like or what we want to sound like. Yeah. And of course, we want to sound like us. But um, yeah, Poganatra is our yeah. first album. It's, yeah. it's like a hardcore record, kinda. But it's like we didn't have a producer that knew hardcore at all. Like we, we're you know, Aaron Sprinkle was just literally recording. You know, like all right, do it. You're done. You got through it. Okay, you're done. We didn't know yeah. about overdubs oh, on shit. our first album. No overdubs. Okay. Literally no overdubs. Damn. So Dude. I mean, it's not necessarily all recorded together live, but it was like, okay, your drums are done. Go in there and play bass. All right, one time through, done. Go in there, sing it. One time through, yep. done. All right, you screwed up that one word. Let's. I guess we can do one overdub. So I guess technically there was a couple overdubs. It's more like do it again. Like hey, you messed up. Start over. Start the whole over. Song do, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember yeah. doing that. But wow. if you listen to like you're just talking about like trying to figure out who we were with the band and all that. If you listen to Poconatcha, to Teenage Politics, Life in General, it's like three different bands. If you kind of like like yeah, it just like we were just. And I think being on the road to playing every night, it just really just kind of focused us up a bit more and tightened us up. Because by yeah. the time we got to Life in General, it was like. We knew what we were doing, and we felt like we were pros in the studio or something. It was like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, just, it just focused us up, and like we had like this shared like being on the road, and like mm-hmm. there's a song called "New York to Nowhere" on Life in General where we had played CBGBs, and we were driving to nice. like somewhere in Illinois, middle of nowhere, and we drove into just a full-on ice storm, and we got broke down, like just stuck on the side of the freeway, like just solid ice. Everyone, some truck jackknife, and we were there all night. Like Mike stayed up starting the van like every 20 minutes just to keep the heat running. Wow, we were almost out of gas, so we couldn't like we were like. Couldn't yeah. leave it on. Yeah. And I, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I wrote a song in the front with my guitar. I grabbed my guitar and I was writing that song. So like that kind of stuff is like when you do that, it actually gets remembered. Yeah. yeah. So like I don't remember like the song I wrote in the studio right before we recorded it. Yeah. Because there wasn't as much like push and pull. And Was that your first time playing CBs and going to New York? Yeah. We only played there once, yeah, right? Yeah, it was only oh, that wow. one time. I think that was our first time there too. Yeah. yeah. Who did you Got play it? there with? Do you remember? I don't even remember. Oh, dude, I don't know. That's a legendary spot, though. It's cool. Yeah. It was, yeah. we definitely the, weren't headlining. We were just kind of one of the bands. Yeah. And we w- we knew, you know, we were like in there going like, Oh, yeah, we, we got, I bought a shirt that day because I'm like, <laughs> I'm playing CBGBs tonight. This is yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was so, it was, it was cool. And we were just kids, so we were just like, you, you could have told us, go sit in that corner, and we would have just done that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. We were so malleable. Yeah, go go sit in the one toilet when you open the door. It's just right in front of you, no door. Yeah, I would use that bathroom a lot with no star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was sketchy. Yeah. The first album's title it, it comes the names after like a candy bar or something or something. Poking at you, it's a candy bar commercial. Okay, yeah, we were just like Yuri and <laughs> was talking about it one day, and it just sounded funny to us when long about noon when your appetite's poking at you, poking at you. Yeah. It's a really dumb joke. Okay. That, yeah. that just got, it's like magnified plaid. All these things that we thought magnified were really cool. Magnified plaid, the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All, these things, all these things we thought were great when we were like 14 and 15 years old that we're like, eh, could have done better, but whatever. There it is. Does that change anything else? Magnified plaid? Did you figure out any other ways you could use We just always, I mean, for? people started saying MXPX pretty early on because we, you know, Yuri would write our flyers or draw our flyers and write M and then small X and like then that. P and then small X. And people just start saying MXPX. And at this point, we knew about no effects. Um. Like they were they were around and oh, definitely around way before us. But we had just kind of discovered them. So it had nothing to do with that. 
I think it was more to do with social distortion. Mm. Yeah, so they social had SXDX on a couple of their Oh, yeah. Love social D, man. We knew, you don't say SXDX, you say SD. SD, yeah. But nobody else in our town knew. When, so when they saw MXPX, they said MXPX. There's also gotcha. one of those things, too. You make flyers, right? And you write magnified plaid, and it's really small and long across the top, and you can't see it. You write MXPX, and you can make it kind of big. Yeah. Like, big. like just H2O. It's just right there. It's True. way bigger, right? You know, it just so you, stuck. It reads like better that. on a flyer. It works. Yeah. Somebody told me that no effects meant uh, no, no fucking, fucking straight, straight edge. edge. I asked I asked Mike <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. said, no. Oh, they That's said no? Though. Yeah, Mike's like, no. Well, no, I asked him straight up. Yeah. Wow. No. I feel like I've been lying. I like, I like X's in anything, though. I yeah, like the ring to MXPX. Yeah, so any guys just yeah. on tour, you're doing it. Are you working jobs when you're coming home between tours? No. Are you yeah. living on your own after that first tour? No, living living with a, we're all with our parents still. Damn. We're like yeah. kids, and I worked a job um, in high school. So okay. when we we're starting the band, I worked at Spiro's Pizza and Pasta. Nice. And I got a job for Yuri there, and so Yuri and I worked there I washing dishes. I couldn't get hired. They wouldn't hire no, me. They're, they're Unhirable. Like, no, not this guy. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so we had some good time. I discovered Pennywise there. I nice. discovered a ton of bands, you know, in high school as I was already trying to do MXPX. So, like, it wasn't like all these bands were in my head and then I started MXPX. It yeah. was like literally, I know about the, the Dead Milkman, you know. And, and so, like, it's funny because Tom used to play drums and then he moved over guitar. And his one of his bands was metal or all your bands were pretty heavy. Yeah, pretty There was much. a ton of heavy bands, a ton of metal, death metal. And all the punk bands were heavier. And so yeah. when we came on the scene, they would kind of make fun of us. They'd be like, who's this? Ding, 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 playing like a clean guitar. Oh, that's MXPX. Because <laughs> we play, we sounded so light compared yeah. to, and I'm talking even like the early stuff, like Poconaccia, that's just all da 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 That was light in our mm. area. I would, say, I would say the same for us. In New York, everything was super hard and tough and street. And our first seven inch, it was like a love song, a poppy song. Because I grew up on Melody, too. And this, yeah. Uh, yeah. I loved Descendants and all those bands. But I lived in New York, and people thought it was going to be like chugga chugga and like super hard. So people like, we got some pushback, too, as well, for yeah. being too melodic, you know? Everything can't. Hard, and yeah. hard enough. Yeah. You know Everything, what I mean? All these years later, those songs hold up. Those yeah. H2O songs hold up. They're great. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Everything, yeah. everything can't be break down the walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's only one youth today. Um, so, so, two, so you guys are just touring and you just it becomes full time and you're nonstop on the road pretty much, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we. it's weird because when you're, I mean, when you're a kid and you go from being a kid to an adult, you don't notice. Like, so we were just living our lives and all of a sudden we're like 21. All of a sudden we're you grow, you're growing up on the road growing together. Up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's crazy. We didn't even drink that much be, before we were 21 or anything, even though we weren't technically, you know, calling ourselves straight edge or anything. But, like, it was just all of a sudden, like, it occurred to us, oh, you can go into a bar now. And, you know, because back in the day when we, we'd play Portland, we'd play wherever, we'd have to go, like, the Satyricon is what I'm thinking of and in Portland, Oregon. It's just this little punk club. I don't know if it's even still around. And they would make you sit in this little area if you were under 21 and so we'd sit in there all night long and they put us on at 2 a.m <laughs> like you could have just put us on earlier and yeah. let us go home and it's three hour drive home so it's just like oh my Damn. god so i mean we've been doing we had been doing that kind of thing for for so long as far as just staying up late being told what to do being like okay do this do that and so i think it just suited us to be all right here's our tour dates figure it out Cars, you know, the van's busted. Figure it you out. You guys just barely got your licenses, too, probably, when you start going on tour, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Out of high school, we, yeah. we brought out a friend of mine that was 
25, you know, specifically if we were 18. Babysit. <laughs> well, no, so we brought him specifically so if we broke down, he could rent a car. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, that's okay. got to be a rental 25 car. 25 years old. Yeah, it was a rental car thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're like, we need an insurance policy here in case yeah. we just get stranded. So by the time you guys get to the third record, Life in Germany, you guys are like building up our following and everything's going, is building really good. And Yeah, it was going crazy. I mean, our first tour, we played for, the worst show was like, 30 well maybe no. 15, 14 paid in Beloit Wisconsin <laughs> there was I remember there was three kids there who just walked in off the street yeah it was yeah. there's nobody, there was there. nobody wow. there but I remember like counting it was like 14 people in the room so maybe not paid wow so we went from that to like a couple tours later um, doing all the normal clubs that any punk bands would do yeah. you know like the whiskey or the Roxy in, in down here and um, we toured with face to face we toured with uh, dance all crashers. Great I mean, band. it was just like whoever yeah. would take us out. Yeah, we, I love we, that. We would go, and yeah. um, and a lot of it was like touring with other tooth and nail bands. We brought out ninety pound wuss, um, slick shoes. I, I mean, slick kind shoes. of. Yeah, slick shoes was kind of like new school, kind of fast punk. They're great. Yeah, really cool stuff. So, going back to where I was talking about, we kind of grew up and didn't realize it. You yeah, know, it was it was weird because I kind of that still happens. I still f- sometimes look around and realize oh you you're an adult you have a family you're, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah on that i mean like we we're still on, doing it we were still tour, doing it we were on tour like like spring of 98 in europe with bad religion and we were just like children to them you could just tell we were like these little kids <laughs> yeah and like we felt like it you know like these are these like you know gods of punk rock and like mm-hmm. we're like these like kids are just tagging along and opening right and then like somewhere along the way all of a sudden like there's bands that like were like, oh, I grew up listening to you guys. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm still growing up. <laughs> Hold on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy how that works, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you guys signed to A and M for that record, Life in General. Is that is that major? The next record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With so, Chick Magnet. That's the one. That's that a major? Oh uh, no no no. That's Tooth and Nail. Still. No, that was yeah. still that's Tooth and Nail. Sick. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that was Tooth and Nail, and it, and it was really kind of like pushing them to the limit on what they could do as a label. Yeah. Because all these labels are, you know, the punk rock is taken off. Alternative music in general is is taking off. Was anybody having hit records like that in Tooth and Nail at that point? No. I mean, nah. I think us. I think, um, yeah, we were the, probably the biggest one, honestly, Dang. at the time. I think un, later on it was Under Oath. Yes. Was huge, huge. Huge. Yeah. Um, OC Supertones, a ska band, they did really well too. Okay. But that was that didn't really touch the punk yeah, scene. In '97, really. though, yeah, we were we were basically putting the label like just straining them to the point where we were on tour and we'd be like, hey, we need some more CDs, and they'd be like. We're going to print some more when we get a check next month. Sorry. Like, we're out. Wow. Yeah. yeah and so was, we were just, that was the main reason why we started looking at other labels. Cause we were just like, I don't like, it's we don't weird to jerks, go from like, like being nobody to like, okay, we need more CDs. Yeah, we, we literally were like, we can't even get our record on the road. This, this is, this sucks. Like, oh, that's rough. You turn the record, you can't yeah, find it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, like, worse. people would come to shows and be like, do you have any? We can't find it. We're like, we can't get any either. Like, and it was like they were just they were it's like when Epitaph had uh, Offspring blow up they were just Crazy. stretched to the max yeah. doing everything yeah. they could to keep up with it and they were trying but it was just like just a smaller level you know yeah, we, he was like doing that out of his garage or something Brett Gerowitz or something like yeah. millions yeah. of records yeah that's insane. crazy so we didn't understand how the the, the music business worked yeah we still don't really but you know <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, at the time we're just like okay fix this or you know whatever. And it just can't be fixed that easily. But at the same time, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anytime people want something they can't have, like water, right? Yeah, yeah totally. You're going to go get it. So. Um, so, yeah, so that that record takes blows up. That record, that video, everything yeah. just changes everything. Life in general changed everything, really. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, like Tom was saying, 
simultaneously we had toured a little bit and then that was the first record we made since touring okay yep. and so it just sounded so much different so much better to us we could actually play and we had steve kravak produce it and he had been doing what like blink 182 stuff and uh just a bunch of you know less than jake like, yeah so like we met him early on and he he was from canada so he was he had a funny accent and all that <laughs> but uh he really taught us how to play our instruments which you know i i give him a lot of credit for for how that record sounds because we could not play that record without him or yeah. without somebody yeah to go okay let's take it back stick <laughs> take a step back we're gonna play this together we're going to take out all these parts you can't do. You know when somebody tries to come in and into the studio and they're trying to play this part that's so hard and you know like they're never going to pull that off live. Yes. They could barely play it here. True. So that he kind of like fixed that bit for us. Fine-tuned things. Fine-tuned things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just we practiced our asses off and just really played, played, played and we're still working on it, but yeah, yeah. we'll get it one day. How was what was the response to like the core fans when that blew up? Were people tripping back then or uh, lo they loved it? Yeah, awesome. I mean, we I don't remember. I'm I'm sure now if I thought about it, there's probably some sort of like older tooth and nail fans that were like not into the fact that we were getting big. You know, when you yeah you have this scene and then it gets big and it's beyond you. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, that you're, people want you for themselves. They want, they want those. You play to ten people in their basement forever. Yeah, because they found you first. Yeah, your thing is not your thing anymore. It's now it's everyone's thing. Yeah, That's, we definitely got like sharing your sellouts like so. Early. Well, I was gonna ask you about the major label because that was such a big thing back then. Big going time. to a major, people freak out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I mean, yeah, we got made fun of from people about that. Like, same. Oh, you know, the reason why we same. called our first major label record is called "Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo." Yeah. The reason we called it that is because some kid wrote us a letter saying, like, you know, you're just selling out and you're yep. slowly going the way of the buffalo. And we're like. That's a cool line. <laughs> I like that. Damn. I'll write that down. Yeah. You think he knows that? I'm sure he knows it by now. He does, yeah. yeah, yeah wow. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't come out of the woodwork. Yeah. We, we ran into him somewhere <laughs> along the line. It's actually, actually me. It's actually yeah, yeah. me. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> They're all lovers now. So the blow, So you got kind of, was there message boards back then? That was probably when it first kind of started. Yeah, all it, that, early, early internet. Yeah. Letter. People would write us letters and send them to my mom's house. So we had stacks of mail and they would just be coming in. My mom would be there. Hey guys, you know, we're on tour. And there's landlines, so she had had to call us, and like you know, or we'd call her, I guess, and say, "Hey, uh, checking in. How's the mail? How's <laughs> yeah. the mail situation?" Yeah. Oh, and the, it was a nice mail. It was all kinds of stuff. It was all, everything. It was everything. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was yeah. great. Spectrum, mostly, yeah, yeah. mostly good. But that's how the hate mail came in back in those days. You remember? Yeah, you that's know. crazy. Yeah. yeah, getting letters in the mail. Yeah, it's weird to think about. I was. I wanted to ask about Chick Magnet. Yeah, let's go. Was, did that song exist before that album? It was on something else before. Or was it on like another? No, that's like, the first album it's on. Oh, it was the first album yeah. it was on. For some reason, I, I think you're thinking it. of "I'm Okay, You're Okay," which came out on the next album. Okay, um, yeah, that it makes was sense. A Cooties song, which I wrote. Yeah, but uh, the Cooties was a side project we did for a while. Yeah, and then, you know, because I knew no one, hardly no one would hear this song, we put it on the next MXPX album. So. But yeah, Chick Magnet, that was a song that actually started out uh, on tour. I started playing that riff. Do 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 do. And just when Tom would break a string, which start, was often, start doing that. We didn't have any text. It was literally just us and one other guy to sell merch, you know, it was and to rent a car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we just do that for a while, talk. Yuri would do the thing. And then that would end and we'd go into the next punk song. And it wasn't even a real song. And so wow. when I got home from tour, boom, finished the song, wrote it, put it on the next record. And it was a hit. 
And, and yeah, so it's yeah. weird sounding. Sorry to interrupt. There's a it's a weird sounding song. It's not very punk because of the way it sort of started. Right? Yeah. So does that take you into a whole different world with that song? Like, does, what's that change for you guys in your in your lives, real lives? I remember that song getting played on 120 minutes and us going like, it's on MTV. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I remember yeah, that moment. Yeah. yeah. You do? Yeah. That was a big deal. Cause up until that, that, uh, that video was also pretty distinct. I feel like it just felt unlike other videos of the time. And, uh, it would play on all the kind of the public broadcasting underground yeah. kind of television yeah. channels mm-hmm. here. They were like in the later fifties or eighties or nineties, and there would be like one show at midnight that yeah, would be yeah. playing like gutter mouth videos with mm-hmm. like MXPX. And then it ended up on MTV and everyone was talking about it. They were like, oh my gosh, MXPX is on MTV now. And that wow. was, it yeah. felt like a real breakthrough. And you were a fan for all leading up to all that, right? Yeah. And I was just thinking to your question when you were saying, how did your core fan feel about it? I, f- I celebrated it too, which is odd because when a lot of the ska and punk bands of that time would start transcending, like no doubt, like all the bands we'd supported growing up when they were showing up like face to face or whatever on MTV. I remember there, like the visceral response was always to be like pretty upset about that. You know, we're like, they're taking our thing, which is such a weird thing. I know. I've been talking about this all week, by the way, Mm -hmm. this whole thing about punk rock guilt and like becoming punk yeah <laughs> punk this, rock guilt. yeah aaron rose and i do you know aaron rose i know the name he's told me yeah yeah we've been talking a lot about it he's like mike mills came up with it aaron rose has kind of been running in damon way i met with damon way last week from dc shoes and D- damon way's like you have punk rock guilt and it's always kind of confined me into the career that i'm in because my brand i have a streetwear brand and anytime it feels like it's getting too mainstream mm-hmm. i'm like oh it's getting too pull popular i have to pull it back i'm like what am i doing Whereas the next generation hip hop did it the opposite way, which is why hip hop has gotten so big. Good point. But when we're at hardcore festivals like Sound and Fury and we're watching this, it's a lot of kids. It's 5,000 kids, but I'm like, it's the same 5,000 kids. Like I brought some of our staff there and they were like, this is kind of a big scene. And I'm like, this is like four generations of people all in the same room. (laughs) Hardcore will never go beyond this Mm -hmm. because people like Travis came with us and there was like a response to that. Like Travis Parker came to the show and a lot of the hardcore kids were like, we're we're selling out. And I'm like, wow, this still exists. Everyone has this Meanwhile, he just took turnstile on a whole entire world tour. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's not where the conversation was going. Sorry. No, I know. I I derailed. But I (laughs) just wanted to say, I celebrated it. But I never celebrated it. And for me, it's like, whether I liked Offspring or not, they helped my band when I signed Epitaph, like the whole the year punk broke thing. Mm-hmm. All those bands helped trickle down to all of us, so all their successes helped us. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I never understood that. Like You love a band so much, you don't want them to do that for the rest of their lives, yeah. and they really live those lyrics, and this is their passion. You want them to do that? You want them to be fucking miserable? You know what I'm saying? Like I never understood that concept. Yeah, I was, I was one of those kids that like I always wanted the <laughs> bands I liked to do well because I wanted them to be making records and going on tour. I didn't want them to have to go wash dishes and yeah. get a job. Like I wanted, I wanted more no effects and I wanted more. I still want more operation Ivy. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Th- you know that, I mean? you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a weird thing. It is weird. I don't know. I don't understand it. <laughs> I, I felt, I, I feel that punk rock guilt thing because I mean, back, I remember we turned down millions of dollars probably at this point, it'd probably like stack up to millions, but, <laughs> but the first big deal we kind of like said no to was, a Japanese company wanted to put, it was like Converse or something like that, but it was like they wanted to put our logo on some shoes in Japan. Okay. And I was like, nah, 
we're like, nah, yeah, that's that's like sellout kind of shit. You know, like let's not do that. Wow. Like it was no cool. Like we didn't even want to hear about it. We didn't want to be pitched. Nothing. Like nope. It'd be cool to have some of the sneakers right and now. Yeah, I was today. thinking yeah. that on ice. so many times. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. They, they were just, like they were like chucks and said MXPX along the bottom and had the punk head on. It was like. It, looking back, I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. so <laughs> early on. Cool. It was way too early. We didn't we didn't understand life at all. And now it's just totally normal. Like you, this yeah. is the hundreds, for instance, mm. dropping Judge and H2 all different bands, all the collabs you've been doing, like pink GB shirts and baby mm. blue Judge shirts, which never been made in hardcore ever. Mm. It's just the colorways you're doing and bringing those bands to light to a bunch of people that may have never heard of the bands before. Yeah. I love that you do that. Yeah, and that's not your punk rock I, guild. That's your love for hardcore. Yeah. Right. It shaped you as a as a child. But I, just, I yeah, but I feel like we're all infected with this disease of punk rock oh, guild, yeah. which has kept <laughs> oh, us yeah. held us back in so many ways in our careers and in our lives. But at the same time, I think it's lengthened our runways and helped us sustain for this long. Because yeah. all of us have sustained for this long. Because I think punk rock guilt exists because what you're doing is you're telling yourself, if I sell out to a corporation, I'm shortening my runway. Mm. And so I can preserve my legacy longer if I start if I say no to things. That's just like we're tra- we're conditioned to believe that. I don't know mm. if it's true. It, this is why I've been having the conversation a lot. Well, I think also growing up in this world too is you just you know I have to do it all myself. I'm yes, doing, I'm, it's all DIY. Like 100%. no matter what, DIY. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, a like big part saying of it. no is like so punk. No, I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah. I ain't doing that. I'm doing it myself. Punk. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. But the more you say yes to things, I realize that my, old, my as I get older, like so many things open up. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like saying yes is kind of feels nice to be oh, able yeah. to do that. But Say, back then, you weren't really sure. You're kind of like insecure about what you can or can't do maybe or the punk rules or right. ethics or what to, how to live by. But it's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. It's been a huge learning experience just being in a band, you know, making mistakes, saying no to the wrong things, <laughs> saying yes to the right, yeah, the, yeah. to the wrong things, all that, you know. But um, like I said, we're here. You know, yeah. we, we, we put out a record in 2018, self-titled. and. Yep. That you know, a song from that was that a crowdfunding became that became our first, like our biggest streaming song. You know, which is crazy. You know, that it's not Chick Magnet or Punk Rock Show. Yeah, or, the goal was fifty k. You made two hundred k or something, right? Is that the crowdfunding one? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's insane. Yeah, insane. So we were completely broke right before that happened. We're like, no more money. We put everything we had into recording it, and so we did that Kickstarter and made it all back. Wow. And people were so, so supportive. Obviously, it was awesome. Yeah. It was cool so, too because we hadn't put a record out since like 2009, I think. It was it had been yeah, a while. 2013 or 14. 13? Okay. Uh, actually, I, I don't know. Was it Plans Within Plans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it, 2012. There oh, you go, 12. Okay. We got my deep dive and shit. Wow, you guys had six years bef- between records. There was there was a big gap there where we didn't know like we didn't even know if we'd make another record. Mike and I, we were talking one time. We were driving from San Diego to Ventura. We'd playing a weekend of shows, and we're driving in the car, and we're talking. He's like. Hey, I got a bunch of songs I'm writing, and I'm like, oh yeah, what what's up with them? He's like, oh, I think like I got a few actually on deck. Like we should get together and like normally we would just practice for shows and go through the songs and go do it, but like this came down to where it was like, okay, no, we're really gonna do this. Like, should we do another record? Like, do you think people will care or like it? Or it was, it was yeah, you know, obviously. Clearly, a good idea. So let's yeah. ride. Let's ride was on the Tony Hawk, you know, the new Tony Hawk video game. Yeah, uh, Pro Skater. And that gave it a, even a second life. So it came out. It was, you know, the biggest song. And then Let's Ride on that was, I mean, just to be able to, like, play it and have my kid hear our song. So cool, While, while Tony Hawk is skating or, you know, like, oh, it's your so kid. cool. I have a, a se- he's seven now and then a 10-year-old girl. Awesome. What about you? You have kids? No kids over here now. Got you. Um, so after that big hit and the next record, Before Everything and After, 
that that was there pressure to make a hit song after having your first hit, or you just made a record? Who cares? Oh well, I'm talking about Let's Ride was actually in 2018. No, I'm so, I'm, I'm going back. Oh, now. you're going back. Yeah, I'm okay. going back a little bit because that that song charted like 51 on Billboard or something. The record after that, after yeah. the, uh, after the big song, was there pressure to make a, a big record? I, I never felt like there was pressure to make a record. And always. If anything, <laughs> no, no, no. I always, I always. Now you have a fucking certified hit. Yeah, I always just felt like there was always pressure to make a good record. I like that. And like, just like, you know, make it sound good, play well, like, you know, do interesting things that maybe we hadn't done before, but never, never like a, we need the radio single hit. That was someone else's job to worry about. Yeah. It's just weird. I mean, like anytime I've ever written a song that becomes a hit, it's not the song I think will be, you know, the yeah. hit or whatever. So yeah. it's like, I don't, I don't try anymore. I think every song I write is a hit. That, that's the, the, the I truth. I like that. Yeah. Like, I like when that, I write, yeah. there's like one out of eight songs. I'll be like, okay, that's definitely not happening but most of them when i finish writing it i'm like this is a good song yeah in my head i'm not saying it is i'm saying like <laughs> it has to be to finish it because there's yeah. so many ideas out there and i have to pick one to actually work on right so it's are you weird. constantly writing journaling or stuff like that I, constantly is not the word but it comes in cycles like it, it depends on what i'm doing because if i'm traveling a lot i don't write as much if i'm doing like this promo stuff or anything like talking about the band i'm not really writing yeah um and especially when I'm, we're doing live shows i'm not usually writing because i'm trying to think about the lyrics of the songs that we're doing live <laughs> Same, I do that right too. like and you so, forget the lyrics sometimes oh yeah oh yeah me Every, too yes. sure of course <laughs> this guy but we never we never can get one of the what are those things that go on stage um, teleprompter we don't need that though no i don't, Ozzie, I don't need Ozzie that uses that that's different Ozzy uses that. Fat Respect. Mike uses that. No effects. Had, no effects Osp Osprey uses that. Too. Okay, yeah. We love. We're we, some spots right now. We love now. all y'all. <laughs> but yeah, I never do that. Like I do forget lyrics. The best about hardcore and punk is that when you forget something, you put it, <laughs> yeah, you put it out. Yeah. And hopefully they catch up. Or sometimes you put it out and they mess up and then they throw you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That's happened right. many times. Yeah. But yeah, spacing out lyrics that happens, dude. It's, and I'm not gonna say it's because of old age. I did that no. in the beginning of the band too. Just, it's just a volume of just it's, how much stuff you got to remember. I know. It's a lot yeah. of songs. It's man. little hiccups, too, like in your brain or whatever. Like for me, there's certain things I always mess up or not, you know, that I would mess up more easily, right? Like yeah. a certain little part of a song. And so, like, to me, it almost <laughs> makes it worse when I'm like, this part's coming up. Don't screw it up. Ah, screwed it up. Like, yeah. Because you're thinking about it too much. Because you're thinking too much. Yeah. When you just let it flow off the dome, that works. That's how I do my best work. Focusing on what I'm doing, but also not thinking too much about what's coming. Um, have you guys been doing this band ever since those records as a full-time musicians? Or have you guys been working your families now? Not not at this point, but back then, like after those records, you did so Panic, Secret Weapon. There's so many freaking albums to go over yeah. since then. Is it full-time? Is that how you make a living with music only? Me, yeah. Me, okay. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I got a job in like 2010. But I mean, like up until was then, that your first job in a long time? Real since job? since high school, it, like as a ground wow. groundskeeper in high school. Because you went straight to music to that, like mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, 2007 was rough, like as the music business just started yeah. kind of tanking as far as record sales, all that. Um, promoters weren't promoting the same way. People weren't. It was weird, right? Yeah. And so, like that was rough for. It was a rough time for MXPX. We were we were still going, but we didn't know. We didn't know what what was going to happen because we're like, okay, people, is this done? Are we done? People don't like us anymore. Mm -hmm. Just getting you know royalty checks for like a couple cents in the mail. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, music is worth nothing. Did My you, music is worth nothing now. Yeah. Did you feel like you got caught up in the cycle of like making a new record every year or two to get 
keep it going for more tours, new music, new merch. You know, like how bands get in that cycle. A little bit, yeah. We have to like put the record out to continue to stay tour, to stay relevant, yeah. to put the record out, and like there was definitely it's a, a lot, man. There was a space of time where we did Warped '98, 2000, 2002, and then 2005. So we were like just like almost like every other year kind of thing. Yeah. Warped tour was sick though. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was great. game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, that that really pushed us to another level when we started in '97. We met the descendants, you know, yes. our, our idols. We hung out with them every day on yeah. the tour. And they were probably like, okay, these, you know, they don't talk, <laughs> they talk a little, a little too much, but. Were you fanning out on them a little bit? We fanboyed on yeah. like so hard. Like, I ended up, you know, going over to Stefan's house a bunch of times just oh, because cool. I fanboyed so hard. He's like, okay, now we're friends. But, uh, <laughs> that's cool. But, uh, oh, with Blink 182 is Descendants 97, right? Blink and Descendants. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. a sick one. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And, um, we, we had already known Blink, you know, at the time, you know, we knew them a bit, um, but we were still, we were up and coming quite a bit. We we're playing that side truck stage oh, yeah. where your feet would melt when it was really hot out. That was brutal. That was insane. Yeah. yeah. But it kind of taught us to be tough. It taught yeah. us like, okay, no sleep till Brooklyn, just do the work, don't complain, pay attention. I mean, that was warp tour for us um it's hard man because up until there you know we were just doing little club tours you know with like i said face to face yeah. bad religion well the club tours too you could show up at like you know five in the afternoon and it's fine but warp you got to be there at like 10 a.m it's brutal yeah. yeah was that your first bus tour the warp tour uh no we didn't take a bus we, no, first, we were in our van we were in a van yeah. we, we were literally f- driving all night after that the show is so, that's brutal for the listeners this tour is <laughs> Is made for buses only. They're the sickest <laughs> yeah. drives. Yeah, so we did Damn. that. So it wasn't until the next year that we got a bus. But our first bus was ni- still 97, but in the, f- I guess, fall. Uh, we did a, a, a run with No Doubt, open for No Doubt. That's incredible. Which was rad. But we're like, I guess we need a bus. Uh, yeah. We're playing stadiums, or it wasn't stadiums. It's it was, a game it was all changer. the big sheds and all that. Yeah. Sheds. But it was, yeah, it was, it was shocking to be like, I get to just go to sleep tonight. Oh, my God. And then wake up at the venue in the morning, walk around the yeah. town. Like, yeah. 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 It's first, such a game changer. First day we had a bus, our bus driver got stuck in between a small road. So, like, the bus is sideways, like T. Okay. Like a T. Yeah. High centered it. The bus wouldn't move anywhere. <laughs> our tour manager, Gloria, is like, all right. We're gonna fire this guy. We're getting a new bus tomorrow. <laughs> were you guys main okay. support in that tour? We were no, we were opening. So we opened, and then the selector was main support. Okay, and then it was no doubt. So we were just paying our dues, just like it's we like had hour after doors, barely yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, it's huge stage, right? Yeah, hour after doors at like every shed, you know, in in the country. I think it was just it was it was brutal sometimes. There was like three feet in front of the drums to the front of the stage. Of course, so it was like no room. And it sounds glamorous. Yeah. 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 Nobody for no doubt, but you're playing first. Yeah. It's sun still out, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was cool. It was cool to be part it's of. Great opportunity. We, nev- yeah. we always were grateful for that. We were, ne- we were like a little bit weirded out about the tiny stage thing because it's such a huge stage, but every little square inch is full of gear. Yeah. Behind it. We didn't trip over anything, didn't die. We didn't, we didn't break their stage props. So that's good for us. Damn. But again, it's kind of like doing that tour. You don't. We didn't make lifelong friends with yeah. No Doubt. I mean, yeah. they were cool with us. Yeah. We definitely became friends or whatever. I talked to Gwen. Hi, Gwen. You know, like, yeah. I don't want to Were they checking you guys out? Were you? they watching? Did they catch him watching you probably? Tony, for sure. Okay, Tony's yeah. the dad. Tony, Tony's yeah. my dude. Tony's yeah. rad. Yeah. That's Tony's cool. Tony's awesome. Yeah, you know, Adrian was cool. They were all cool. All the band people. And they did a Tony. Cypress tour too with Offspring. Yeah. They did, yeah. That's a sick one too. That was rad. Uh, that was, we had so much time on our hands. 
that was like you get on tour you're used to like always traveling always being busy doing stuff and then you're you're sitting there on this arena tour you show up you're doing nothing all day like all day. You, don't, you don't sound check until right before doors yeah and then you play your show it's a half hour and you get to done, watch the bands all night don't kind of kinda hang right yeah. yeah so we we definitely you know it was just a party tour I, there's so many tours we did where we had so much free time so much downtime where looking back i'm just man i wish i would have known to like do some work we could have built a whole empire on the side you know yeah. the, with the amount of time we wasted just partying like doing but, other things you mean yeah just drinking you know just yeah. just drinking just having okay we got our beer for the show drink that get some jack daniels whatever you guys a party band at that point you i mean kind of i mean it's not like we were known as a party band yeah but. like we weren't like you know alcoholics but a few drinks every night sure yeah <laughs> a few drinks every night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had our times for sure. But, you know, now I still technically drink, but I don't drink a lot. So I, yeah. I, I don't, I, I never felt the need to like, okay, I got to go to AA and fix this. It was always yeah. just, I think I, I think I'm going to stop drinking so much cause I'm an idiot, yeah. you know? So like I was always able to kind of just turn it around. Yeah. Um, all of us, I think are kind of like that. Yuri, same thing. He, he smoked pot with Newfound Glory one night. <laughs> the Newfound Glory Good Charlotte Honda oh Civic Tour. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah that's, that was a sick tour, too, toured, though. Yeah, we toured them a bunch over the years. But, yeah, that tour was so much fun. And that actually was a really fun tour because we were – it was like our age group, yes. right? Like it was all our friends, knew too. all those yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was so much fun. Those are big. Was it, did they do more than one of those Honda Civic Tours? I thought it was like maybe – it became it, a thing. It almost. became a thing. Yeah. But we did like, like the first. Thing, we did yeah. the first one. Was that when Good I Charlotte think. was huge at that point? Yeah, Good Charlotte was kind crazy, of at their top. Man. Yeah, yeah. Damn. it was wild. That was but, that was a crazy time. Yeah, we had a good time on that. Um, I don't remember that one being as much free time. Probably just because we were, like I said, kind of yeah. with, with friends of ours already. But the Offspring came by our first show, um, with them. Their man, their tour manager came by and was like. Is, this, is now a good time for the boys to stop by and say hi? It was like so it was, it formal. Oh, they just like, set up a formal hello. Formal it was hello, like an arranged, yeah. like, you know, Dexter News would like to come say hello to the band. What yeah. time will you be in your dressing room? Like, it was like, wow. Uh, okay. Right now? Uh, <laughs> huh. We kind of hang out here Did all they day. check you on the tour? But they were great. Yeah, they, yeah. Those, all those guys were nice to us. Like, they, when they came over, even though it was like a weird thing at first, like formal. <laughs> like a meet and greet almost. They were, yeah. they were normal. Yeah. Like, Noodles was cool as hell. Yeah, Noodles yeah. is awesome, yeah. man. It's crazy he was a janitor at Dexter's High School. He was. I yeah, that's what he meant. That's, that's what he right. yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was that's a janitor weird. in his school. Yeah, so they, and they, they befriended each other. That's awesome. And he's in the band. And, so, so and you guys wrote like the title. Did you write the title track for a Scooby Doo movie or Scooby Doo soundtrack? We did a we did a cover. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I think we changed it up a little bit, but I, it was really just that a was cover. pretty big yeah. movie though. Yeah, the first yeah, Scooby Doo one with like like the live action one with like the animated. Yeah, Scooby. I remember that? Yeah, yeah. My my son just mentioned that. He did. He was just like, yeah, but you were in a. You were on yeah. Scooby Doo, or I don't know what the context was. I was like, "Yes, you're right, son." Like he was definitely not old enough to see that. That's cool. I don't though. think he existed when that came out. No, no, and now a Tony Hawk game too. Yeah, the Tony Hawk. Yeah, game. every once in a while, like friends of mine with kids would be like, "So something weird happened last night. We were watching Scooby Doo." I'm like, "I remember this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and then you get, really, you then you guys started doing this quarantine thing, which is cool. Oh yeah. It turned yeah. into a record. Yeah, life in quarantine. Life in quarantine. Yeah. And then we did um, between this world and the next which is, you know, just us doing the live streams. Yeah. So we, you know, over the pandemic, all this, everything shut down. And so we were like, okay, what can we do? And started out doing acoustic stuff. And then 
built that uh, built a basically a TV studio, a streaming studio. Where is that? Bunch at? Of lighting. Where is it at your house? It's in Bremerton at, okay. at our studio. Wow. So we okay. have a studio that's a house, but it's just made into a studio. It's awesome. So we record there all our records. Where we we do promo video, you know, anything like that. Do the podcast there, and kind of just started researching, started going online, asking people questions, and. Now we can literally do a live stream to, you know, we can do multi streams to Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, all of that, you know, all at the same time, YouTube. And really it was just, I mean, it, it was amazing. It, it made us grow like over those years where it was just down, our, our whole business grew. Wow. And um, we definitely want to continue doing it. You know, we've started doing shows a little bit, but we started making, you know, a new record uh, a little after that. But, um, the, the live stream thing has been kind of life-changing in a way. Okay. Uh, you know, it's hard to say now because it's so early, but I really feel like the fact that we could just do that on our own is wild. Like, yeah. you're so used to gatekeepers, so used to, like, having to go through this company. Having to, I mean, we still do have to do that for yeah. a lot of stuff. But, but the fact that they allow us to do it and, like, allow us to, like, if we wanted to sell tickets, we could sell tickets to the live streams, which we've done a, a bit. But a lot of times we like to just do it completely free, it's awesome, and just roll it out. So and then write new songs and, sh and playing new songs for the first time in those streams as well, and then yeah. releasing them in singles and stuff. You put a lot of singles out too. Yeah, that was awesome. Like one of the coolest thing, uh, "Can't Keep Waiting" is one of the songs we just yeah. we're literally practicing it on the live stream. All right, let's we're gonna try this song out. Did it a few times, finally put it out, and a lot of you know for for people that were part of that. Yeah, it's not necessarily like everybody that knows mxpx but people that were part of that that's one of their favorite songs at least a modern mxpx song because they have that connection to it yeah and then they went through something on their own whether you know with their family during covid whatever and, and it's i think it's that's helped us out along the way it's just like being in the right place at the right time being there to provide something for people you know yeah. a connection uh a distraction are the live streams still big now with covid being over we haven't really done too many okay. uh we usually do we did one last year for christmas we do like a christmas one or yeah. whatever um but now they're going to be more just special occasions um not so much every month like we were doing it um i think anything just kind of does die down after yeah. a while like you can keep up that momentum but as soon as it starts dying down you know okay time to think about what's next so for us i mean we're redoing the way the, the whole live stream room looks. So it's going to look different. We have uh, a new album coming out August 25th. Awesome. And really, really What's the album called? That. It's called Find A Way Home. Awesome. And uh, we have a new song out called Stay Up All Night. Okay. It's out right now. And um, we're just excited. I mean, that and then, of course, the Palladium show. We have a Palladium show coming up in L.A. It's January 6th. MXPX, Less Than Jake. Reliant K, Smoking girl. Popes. Smoking Popes, wow. Yeah, it's all our favorite bands That's cool. all playing with us, so we're, we're pretty stoked. And then you got we, we Were Young Fest coming up, and Furnace Fest, too. Yeah, Furnace Fest is going to be Furnace sick. Furnace is going to be Those so fun. Sick, so, yeah. uh, Furnace Fest in September. We're playing Friday night. Uh, we're closing out the first night. And Hate Breed is supporting right before us. Wow. wow. That's, that's going to be crazy. That's such a crazy combo. I, I, think, I think it goes Reliant K, Hate Breed us. It's no gonna be, it's gonna be way. A crazy I think it's Reliant crazy. K and Berlin, Hate Breed. There we go. Yeah, sorry, Amber Lim's in there too. That's right. Man, so crazy. crazy sick. I love it. Yeah. It's not, 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 not it's like a resurgence, but it seems that there's so much love for like pop punk, hardcore, everything at this moment with young kids too. 
yeah. the kids just getting into it and appreciating it. Like Furnace Fest is a very kind of young fest. It's a good mix. You know what I mean? So you yeah, guys are headlined yeah. that. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, the fact that, I mean, hardcore is, is getting so big, and that, that festival is a really hardcore yes, fest. I mean, everybody's heavy on that, except for... You know, an MXPX and yeah. a, a Reliant K or something like that. But, I mean, Pennywise is on Sunday. so It's cool, though. My kids love it. It's cool. And Turnstile's headlining Saturday night. Oh, wow. So, wow. so yeah. So, I mean, it's like we we really have to milk our, like, early pop punk songs and, like, get, <laughs> get into the, the psyche of the crowd. It's going to be fun. But Hatebreed, I mean, like, I hadn't really paid much attention to Hatebreed over the years because, like I said, I was a Gorilla Biscuits guy. I was, like, into the fast melodic hardcore stuff. It's hard, right? But yeah. I really I started listening to it. I really like it. It's, it's hard. It's really man. good. It is hard. Shout out to Jamie Josta, man. Yeah. Yes. Dude, I love it, man. Jamie um, Jamie Josta gave me this focus right. He told me <laughs> to start a podcast. It's all because I'm a podcast. Wow. wow. Really? And this is his original one. Yeah, he gave it to me for this podcast. And I use it. That's all I use. So Josta. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's Dude. crazy. Yeah, so who would have thought? I'm a fan. I'm M- a fan MXPX now. and Hate Breed together. It's sick. Yeah. But so I like we, that. That's some European like festival type shit. It's it it actually Warp 98 uh, when we were playing oh. the side stage. They were on it too. And okay. It'd be, it'd be us, them, Kid Rock was there. It was it was Ooh, a really I remember that yeah. one. It was yeah. a really weird side stage, but it was it was like the one thing I really remember about Hatebreed back then was there was a pit for one of them, and there was a guy swinging a hand truck in the pit, <laughs> <laughs> just just winging his hand truck around. I was like, that is that's scary, crazy. Yeah. Like I, the ambulance. I love how positive their lyrics are. You know, like I if it's I'm crazy, a bad, right? if I'm having a bad day, dude, I'm yeah. putting on Hatebreed. <laughs> wow so you're like a new fan i'm a new fan that's so cool. like i'm telling you like i had only kind of just heard the name and like i said you know seen them at shows but never paid attention that's cool you checked them out because you're playing with them yeah so i was like i'm definitely checking it out and i this is amazing destroy everything <laughs> destroy the crowd's gonna be crazy that'd be too. awesome yeah. if you get up and start singing for one of their yeah. songs dude <laughs> if you're if you're like would, if you're like diving in the crowd or something yeah um like, okay so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're going to talk about internet rumor about H2O MXPX. Okay. Go. All right. It came up recently. MXPX had said that H2O, their merch person, which is my wife, bullied them and stole their tent. I want to talk about this now. It wasn't you, merch. I remember this. This is warp. Because no, it wasn't, I, wasn't cause, merch. So is this anything? Let's talk about. Is this anything true to this? I don't know no? what you want to hear about this. I don't know. If I, you I, know. I remember it, but it wasn't merch. So your it wife's wasn't good. merch. She's, she's in the clear. Okay. <laughs> so, Ooh, so wait, is this, what happened? I don't this really is know. spicy. I don't really know. What because I, really I, I, I barely even met these, know these guys. Yeah. I mean, throughout yeah. the years. So it, it wasn't. It wasn't you. It wasn't your band, and it wasn't our band. So it was backstage at. And yes, let's get into it. Yeah, this yeah. is it great. Was, it was it was the backstage at Warp Tour. Everyone had those tents. They'd what set up city were we in? I have no idea. If it's I've New York, never, then I know that I, I have crazy remember. friends. But okay, let's go. But no, so it, it might have been East the, Coast. Okay. It, was the, it was the backstage, like the the pop up tents that everyone put up to you know put all their guitars together and all that stuff. Guitar World. And yeah. uh, our techs, we had one. And they came back there and they're like, "We can't find our tent." We're like, "That's weird." And it had MXPX spray painted on it, like a blue one with like gray spray paint or something like that. Yeah, everybody and had like, their names on their tents for the yeah. listeners, the Warped Earth. So yeah. it's still your tent. Have your name on it. And so yeah. the next day, they went look around. They're like, we found one that's blue, and there's a big blotch in like a darker color right in the spot. Like, we think like the H2O crew took our tent. We're like, really? Was <laughs> it the text them? for H2O? Yeah, Because the techs have so. tents, too. They have tents, too. Yeah, yeah it was, it was the yeah. text. Yeah, it was, it was the backstage. This is it was amazing. The text. Yeah. yeah, okay. But our guys were like, I think they took our thing. Like, did you talk to them? Like, no, not yet. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like, and I think they went and like said, "Hey, I think you took our tent." Like, "Oh no, we just found this one. We don't know what's up." And like, I think I don't remember where it ended. Like, if we ended up like with who the carries back. spray paint to like? Yeah, yeah. 
I think it was just they found a tent and they gr- grabbed it. Yeah, they probably weren't. You know, our crew was on that tour because we were like, it was all your goons, wasn't no, it? No, I did. It was I, definitely I te- moon. No, I had no. I just te- like the I, the visual of, okay. of Moon okay. going over and being like, "This is my no, tent," like fully no. like Debo, like this is. It no, got, it was like, like no. it, it got us so heated a month ago that, that that I was like, "Yo," and they said they said that um yeah. I wonder how where that came up because like yeah, I wonder who knew so that honestly. Ago. Like we never talked about it. We never like. No, no, it was. It was how we it talked was, about it. She's though. Good. Yeah, she's good. I know, but I wanted to bring it up because it's like yeah, I know there's like a New York hardcore thing, and it's like, no, dude, it's not us. And and over the years, we knew you would never do that. On pr- yeah, like, yeah, kind of getting to know your band from afar a little bit. Isn't that crazy, you have bro? A good, this you is have a, a good story. reputation. Thank so. you. And it's like, who is this person to even know that or hear anything like that? That's what's weird. Is like, how would that be brought up recently? They had to have been a tech on the Somebody tour or something. Read my mind. Like, and I don't even know those tech. About it dude, our tech we had then went on to be on, went on to be with Selena Gomez. He blew up. He's with I'm not gonna say what he's with now, but he <laughs> he was a professional guy. Yeah. Like that was like his tour. Like, huh? So crazy. Yeah, it was uh, our guys. Were like, well, wh- whatever they did did not re- represent H2O as no. human beings. No, I want you to know that face to face. Yeah, because, absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate. it. So and then good. I, I wow. went to your page and I, I followed you back and I hit you up for the pod, and I, now we're here talking. This is fucking yeah. beautiful. That's awesome. So maybe this dude. one negative fuck inspired all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it was just like yeah, you never. That's know. like your reputation. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they had to be like a tech on the tour or something because I was just like such like a. I remember it because I was like, really? Oh, weird. All right, well, it's just a tent. Yeah, like, but still, but there's always that like that that I don't know that just I don't know the stigma or reputation of New York bands. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think probably that could have been why we didn't want to like ask you about it. You know, like you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Because it, it would have been solved just like that, you know? Yeah. If we would have just been like, hey, uh, I don't want to be weird, but is this our tent? Like, we're yeah. looking for a tent. It's crazy yeah. that somebody would take it and, like, probably yeah. spray paint. But that's what would happen yeah. if whenever someone steals somebody's bike and no, you're like, yeah, yeah, is that yeah, my bike? And they're like, yeah. no, I bought it off of somebody on Craigslist. We're like, like, you stole it. Did our dudes go to the store and buy spray paint? Somebody randomly has no spray clue. paint? Yeah, or like, who has, who has spray paint at the Warp Tour? I don't even know. It could have been, honestly, one of the Warp Tour crew guys grabbed a tent and was like, just take this one. You know, yeah. Mm. Like, hey, we no need clue. a tent. I'll we need to find out. Then we, we should start I'm, like a twelve-episode podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is now a series. Like a this Netflix, is now a true crime a Netflix podcast. True crime I'm, podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. I'm just curious about it. Just yeah. like so that uh, shit bothers me. Like reputation shit like that. It's like not true. That's the online shit. Do you guys um, are you guys on social media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. You are you on the answering DMs and stuff? Uh, <sighs> I like I like answer a few of them and like you know just like give like a like to a lot of them and like I. I feel like it's like the least I can do. They're they're reaching out and it, it gives them something. Like, oh my god, he did this thing. That's cool. You know, like just being connected in some little bit of way. Yeah, it's really good for that. I try to do that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but like, but negative comments. You ever get those and stuff like that, or weird shit, or usually ignore. Yeah, yeah. usually just yeah. kind of like, eh, whatever. And did the message boards back then bother you guys, or people saying sellouts for the major label, whatever? Any of that shit get to you or bother you? Probably a little bit. Yeah, but it's hard not to because we're yeah, sensitive. Yeah, we're sensitive souls doing music. If I hear about it, it's probably gonna bother me for a second. But then, then it's usually I'm I'm really good at at compartmentalizing. You okay. know, if I'm in a bad mood, I can shake it pretty easily. Um, but hey, message boards, honestly, we weren't on that. Yeah, much. I mean, it, that was. That was, you know, the fans were on there. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just, like, doing our thing. We were on, we were just on tour too much, and, like, you know, I didn't have a laptop or no one had a smartphone. It was, like, you would get on those things when you were at home, maybe, but, like, it was just, it was the late 90s, and, like, it was, it was something that was just, we knew it existed, but we weren't really yeah. involved with it. Was there, like, any moment where you realized that this, this was going to be a full-time thing? 
was it Chick Magnet or was it a time one of your records or something like holy shit like this is our this is our life not soon enough okay it's not <laughs> soon enough we, it took us a while like wait are we still doing this like yeah. okay um honestly i mean when i saw other bands that were kind of coming up at the same time as us fall off a little bit around mid 2000s mm. um 2004 2005 i was like oh we're we're still doing pretty good, even though a couple of years later we started not doing so good. Mm. But it just took us longer, right? Um, you know, so I had some of those thoughts like, okay, we could, if we, we just keep doing this, just yeah. keep doing this as long as possible. Like, I still kind of feel like that. Like, okay, if I can, if, I, if we can do this and we can be successful, we can do this tour and then I can live in my house another year. You know, if wow. we put out a good record, I don't have to sell my house. You wow. know, that kind of thing. Like, I think about that now. Okay. But you, you own your house. It's paid off. You're good. Not paid off. Okay. <laughs> You've been in there for a while, though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, 15 years or something. Have you owned a house before, back in the day? Bought a house in 2001. Okay. Um, don't have that house anymore. Yeah. But, but this is the second one since then. Um, a lot of people are going, what about your Texas house? But... um. <laughs> We have a house in Texas as well. Okay. But so it's like, why Texas? My wife is from Texas. Okay, cool. So she always wanted to get, you know, go there, yeah, spend nice. more time with family. Yeah. yeah. So we do that kind of back and forth during the year, depending on how busy things are. Are you a Texas fan? I don't mind Texas. Yeah. You know, um, not a big fan of their sports team. I like, <laughs> I like the Spurs. Okay. As far as basketball goes. Yeah. I like Dallas Mavericks, um, but I'm not a big fan of their football teams at all. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. Yeah. What um, about you, Tom? You have a crypt? Are you going to say something? No, no. Go ahead. I, I do want to come back to something. You want to come back to You want to come back to yeah, the Go now. Go, go. No, go, not go, at, go, no. No, it's uh, – and we kind of left off on it earlier, too, talking about that 2007-2008 era. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, point. we we came back to it again and you were like that was the moment where it really was like you were in survival mode you were like yeah, thriving yeah. surviving thriving surviving and then yeah. now you're full on hardcore survival so how did you get from that period and all the way to here i mean it's now it's 2023 and you guys are still alive Good still point. making money off of music and it's something it's i'm i'm actually selfishly asking cuz i have mm-hmm. i've been doing a fashion brand for 20 years and we go through these droughts right and right now, to be completely honest, in fashion street where we're all like in this, we're on the wrong side of momentum. Mm. Me, but just mm. the market. Right. Everyone's kind of feeling this right now, by the way. So I know it's just it's not, not our just industry. We know, yeah. we know. Right. And so it's how do you get to that next part? Because there's so many times now where I'm like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. I feel like, like not I've been struggling for so long, like 10 years I've been struggling. Yeah. So. I don't know. How how do you guys? It's also just believing in yourself too, right? Not giving up, right? Yeah, I think definitely not giving up is the main thing. Like when we look back at our career and all the pitfalls, the ups and downs, it's always been keep going. You pick up the pieces when you fail. Enjoy the the good times when you're doing great, but keep going and don't just sit around. Stop. at, At the same time, obviously, bands need to go away a little bit. You know, to be from missed the, from the public eye to be missed, yeah, totally appreciated. Yeah. So I think there's something to that. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I know what the future is, and like I pay attention to the technology thing. Like I try to pay attention, but at at some point you just can't keep up with everything. Yeah. So I really feel like having a strong, thoughtful idea of what you want to do is, is a good place to start. But then just never giving up, 
um, always being able to pivot or course correct um, when things aren't working. Um, that's not necessarily giving up. It's just fixing something along the way or whatever. Part but of that, part of that's the live stream thing we did too, because it was that that helps. huge. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't go out and play, but we wanted to. And I was when Mike first brought it up, I was kind of against doing it. I was like, ah, it's gonna be weird, just be us in a room. And the first time we did it, it was really fun. When I got done, I'm like, I really enjoyed that. Mm. Like, can we do more? Like, that was really yeah. fun. Like, yeah. So that was a huge course correct, a huge thing that brought us from the brink of you know death. But um, but did you almost break up then? Two thousand. Seven area? No, I, nah. I don't, you know, I thought about it a few times, but like, you know, we just didn't do as much. Tom didn't know that. We just, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was doing solo tours. I was, okay. I did some, I did a few, uh, a few tours as MXPX All-Stars. Okay. Yeah, I remember um, that too. And that was honestly, it kept us floating. It kept us going. It kept us moving. Relevant and in, the, in the mix. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily like something I wanted to do like that, but it kept us in the mix and, and got us over the hump to where these guys were back in the fold. Uh, Yuri was, Yuri was uh, going through a bunch of crazy stuff in his life and kind of came out of like divorce and all that. Yeah. Came back to the band. Um, it's been ever since we all kind of like came back together. It's been, I wouldn't say nonstop, but it's been everything we've done has felt, it's felt real. Yeah, it's felt not forced. Like it's felt yeah, not forced. Like yeah. we're doing this organic. because we want to do this. Organic, not because... organic, and with momentum. Like yeah. it seems to all be kind of like moving forward and doing well. And like you know, we put the thought into it to like make sure it's kind of like just keeping on going. Yeah, yeah. So, and your life was it like a, a whole? Did you have like a fear or feeling of failing back then too? Like the band can't go away. I have to keep doing this. I got to fucking always. This is my life. This is my. <laughs> this is what I know. This is what I yeah. do. Not that you didn't want to get a job, a regular job, because you have a family and you do whatever you can for your fam. But you also, this is what I've been doing. I'm a musician. This is this is it. Yeah. We have a fucking name. This is. I always think about because it's hard. I think about people listening to to the records and listen coming to our live shows and like I think about them when even anytime I want to like wimp out on something and quit. <laughs> yeah. Do something easier. I'm going like okay, this is hard, but it's not actually harder than most of the jobs out there. True. You know, it's like. Get it, get get it together. Hmm. Let's make this happen. And, and then you have a family. Point. It's like I gotta do it for them. I have to go harder for them. Yeah, you know, like continue this life that I'm living. Absolutely. I mean? So that's like a whole other inspiration, I think. How have you guys managed one life, to? One chance. Yes, sir. It's good. Thank you. So, have you guys managed to stay together and by each other's side? I mean, the, were there moments where there was friction, or where of you course, felt yeah. like you just couldn't be together anymore? I mean, our first tour, we were 18 years old. We all get to go home all the time before that, right? And all of a sudden, we're stuck in a van for two months. Mm. Yeah, we... It's a lot, man. There was definitely... Huge fights. There was a drive from... <laughs> huge. Our, our booking at this time was just bonkers, too. Our second to last show of the tour was in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And our last show was in Long Beach, California. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's so crazy. We had a drive, two-day drive, and we had to make it because it was like we just... We had to go to be there. We had to get on time, right? We had this drive and we were all arguing in the van and Mike just goes, look, and this is like maybe in like, I don't know, Virginia. Like we're way still out there, right? He's like, look, if everyone just shuts up, we'll make it to California and play this show. Because like we were just on each other. Because we just like, you know, you're like, it's almost like cabin fever, but you're all locked together, oh, yeah, you know? of course. You're right. uncomfortable. It's for the first and, yeah. time. But then after a while, like, you know, it's like brothers. You just get through all that stuff. And like there was one point, I can't remember what year it was, but 
Mike comes on the bus and I forgot my jacket backstage and he just throws it in my face because you forgot your jacket and throws it and I just jumped up and like tackled him. Oh yes, in the front lounge, right? And like there's a bunch of our friends and crew guys who maybe haven't been around so long. I tackle him. We start wrestling around. Then we like after like about a minute of this, like we just sit down on the couch and we're just sitting there. And then like I see everyone's all tense. I go, Mike, they think we're actually mad at each other right now. That's some like brother like, shit. Though. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, some, it's yeah. just brotherhood. It's yeah. just you know like. And it's like, like everyone else is freaked out thinking there's a real fight, but it was like, you threw my jacket in my face. I thought it was a dick move. We wrestled around. We could. I didn't even ask you guys. You have siblings? Not me. I have two sisters. Okay. So younger sister, older sister. And I was the middle child. Um, pretty much took over my family's life with this band. Like, <laughs> sorry, family. Like, because once this band was going, like, it yeah. was all that, you know, it was like when you, when a kid has like a soccer tournament every weekend. Yes. That, that's what it was like. Yeah. You want to talk All about, about a, me? You want to talk about a mom and pop? Like his mom and dad still help run the merch. Oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah, awesome, yeah. Man. We do all our merch in house, all wow. ourselves. MXPeaks.com. Do your and sisters work for the band too? No, they do not. Okay. Uh, no, they, do they, they like do their music? Thing. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> maybe they used to. <laughs> They've seen you play before, obviously. Your they parents, have, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure your parents are super proud, man. Still doing this and. Awesome. Yeah, my parents are great. I mean, I'm proud of them, you know. So they like, do the merch, they ship it out and stuff? They do the merch, yeah. My mom, wow. she doesn't work full-time anymore, but she'll do a couple hours a day and do merch and send it out. And so if you email, a lot of times my mom's emailing people back. And she loves doing that. She loves interacting with fans, yeah, talking to people, and it just gives her a whole life. Yeah, That's so cool, man. I'm going to go home and order merch you are. from yeah. Mike's mom. What about like a documentary about you guys? Yeah, I mean, documentary about my mom. Let's do it. Let's she she does screen printing. What? We've done a couple. Um, she does screen printing. Not yeah. everything, because that yeah. would be too much, but anything that's one color. We do a fan club that has you know one design, and we'll, she'll do those. We'll do like kids' shirts. She'll do those, like wow. things like that. So Which cool, is so, so much more punk rock than I am yeah. at this point. Like, yeah, That's my cool. Mom, she's, got tat, she's tatted up everywhere. Your mom is. Yeah. Oh wow. man, he had to, he had to hide his first couple tattoos from his dad. Yeah, now his dad's got all these tattoos. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's so. They cool, embraced man. the punk rock culture eventually. I love yeah. that man. Yeah, you guys. Um, this is some, some serious questions. Are do you have any uh, major regrets in your life? Regrets? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have some, but. You have to talk. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I like so how you keep looking yeah, at Tom when you say that. By the way, well, I like. Yeah. Where, what are your regrets, Tom? I mean, some of the things that, like, you know, that we've done throughout the years. Yeah, maybe like, you know, they sucked. But I mean, it's talking about like all the things we did with Tooth and Nail that, like, you know, we wouldn't take back because it made us who we are. Yeah. It, it, the whole thing made us go through and to be this way and like, you know, regrets like you know signing to A and M. Like there was three labels we had a choice of signing with at that point. It was. A&M, which we ended up signing with, Geffen, and then Columbia in New York. Two of the three got folded into Interscope during hmm. the record cycle of oh, our wow. first album. So, That's like, right, yeah. right. we had momentum going. Like, the label A&M loved us, and, like, we had our uh, first single with Namaki Yorke on that. It was doing really well. We were getting ready to shoot another video, press a new single, and go to radio with another song. And then right around Christmas that year, everyone at the label found out they're getting fired. Dang. So it just, it just stopped. And yeah. so going to Interscope... We sold enough records to not get dropped, but we didn't sell enough to actually really have anyone care that much. So we just got kind of like hot potatoed around. Like no one cared. And like we were just kind of like lost in like the corporate shuffle for like the next two albums. Yeah, as opposed to independent, like a. 
Yeah. Yeah, you like a priority. Yeah. I mean, the That's best the thing, thing that could have probably happened to us would have been to get dropped and, like, you know, get, you know, go do records with, like, Fat or Epitaph or something, you know, like, that yeah. would have been, like, yeah. the best thing for us. But it was, like, we were just in that, like, range of, like, we sold enough to keep us, but, like, not enough to really care. Did you feel like when you were with Tooth and Nail, like, that you were Christian kids, but did you have to abide by certain rules to be the proper Christian that, that fans or people think oh, that you guys were no. supposed oh, to be? Oh, they hated us. No, everyone I would that smoke. I used us. to smoke cigarettes because okay. I, I started smoking because I worked at Spiro's at the, the restaurant. <laughs> nice. And to get a break, you had to, yeah, to, you had to have a reason. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. if you smoked, they'd let you have a break. No, so that, whole, that whole rule thing now, I mean, like, I mean, so when I, say, when I say everyone in that scene hated us, obviously not because we had a bunch of fans that loved the band, yeah. but like the behind the scenes people, they hated us. Like oh, the promoters, wow. the people at the churches, oh, yeah. or anything like that. But you need to get up and you know have a ministry. Why? We're a punk band. What are you talking? <laughs> Would about? Would you play at churches? We we play Some, at, yeah, yeah we play we do everything. So wow. like started out playing like church basements and you know every, you know it, uh, I mean for our for our area you played a community hall yeah a church basement or someone's house that was it like there was no rock clubs at Bremerton it was that was all you played wow yeah. so then you guys weren't stereotypical with the Christians by the book. We're like bad no, Christians, no, no. you know, <laughs> like, punk, like we kind of like rebelled or whatever, but so yeah, yeah smoking cigarettes and just, just yeah. the name chick magnet. Yeah. Maybe yeah. That's not a little they, provocative they yeah. song titles and, but that's but yeah. punk. But so I would smoke cigarettes in the van, okay. you know, hiding it from all the kids at the shows or whatever. Wow. I, I quit eventually, of course, but, yeah. um, I don't recommend don't, don't the kids. Like a smoker. I don't recommend the okay, kids. Yeah, it's, like, bad. <laughs> it's bad. Like, did, I mean, we did a lot of things too, and it wasn't so much like because the Christian thing, but like, like signing autographs. We didn't sign autographs for a long time because we told people like we're just like you. We're just kids at the show, and like let's just hang out and talk, and like yeah, yeah. let's just yeah. hang out and talk and do all that. But then like people hated us because of that. Well, <laughs> so you get church. like an eight-year-old kid coming up with a CD oh, and wanting to get it signed, oh, and just not computing to them. There's like this guy I looked up to is being a dick to me now. What the hell? Like. And so we kind of had to give up on it eventually. But for our first few tours, it was like, no, we're not signing anything. Like, we're the same people. Like, I, I go to these shows every weekend when I'm home. Like, yeah. yeah. So we're not special. And like, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it just, it, a lot of things we did were to kind of like be part of the group and the scene. It wasn't like, you know, we're special or anything like that. So there was no pressure from the label to be perfect. No, Christian. they didn't no. really pressure us in that way. Yeah. No, no. No, Brandon, um, Brandon for Tooth was never like that at all. They gave us some ideas here and there, like, hey, cover this song, but that's about it. Yeah. We didn't have to. Like like a religious song or no? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we did it on the cover, okay. which was an EP that yeah. had, like, a bunch of cover songs on yeah. it. Yeah. Brian Adams, 2009. Summer 69. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. But we did, like, Keith Green, which is, like, a Christian artist. Okay. And it was their suggestion, like, do something like, it's like, okay, this song's cool. And we so heard the song. Like, yeah, to the real works. song, it yeah. sounds nothing like our version because it's it's like a contemporary like folk christian song or something but wow yeah because it's like life christian, is crazy yeah life is weird you guys <laughs> are still here doing it though it's awesome yeah. it's a beautiful thing man it is you guys yeah. what, what's like a uh, kind of a daily life when you're home off tour like being a parent or what's like a daily life for you me usually going to the studio so I, I i spend my mornings with the kids and family you know if unless they leave so if they leave in the morning for something i leave but my kids are homeschooled. Oh, awesome. So we have a very flexible schedule. We can kind of go back and forth. Love it. We started doing that r- literally right when the pandemic hit. Okay. M- not because of the pandemic. It was because it was just when timing. they get old enough to go to school, right? Just didn't have yeah. a place to be. And because our kids go back and forth from Washington to Texas, it's like, what do we do? We don't, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. So I spend as much time as I can in the mornings with family. And then, then I go to work whenever, 
makes sense. It could be 11, it could be 8, it could be anywhere in the morning there. But for me, it's, it's embarrassing to say I don't really have a set schedule. Like it's literally whatever I'm doing that day could that's, change. That's amazing, man, yeah. So, but I usually go to the studio and that's where I do whatever. So if I'm just doing social media on my phone, just do it at the studio. Yeah. What about like working out or coffee or anything you have to do every day? That I, you know, normally I should have said, um, I should have said I, I go running in the morning. You run in the morning? I, I, I usually you look do. look like a runner. I sure. haven't lately because yeah. uh, I kind of got injured. So I've kind of been like waiting for my body to get yeah. back. How old but, are you now? Uh, 46. Okay. 46. Still young. And, um, thank you. Looking thank you very good. much. Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, over the pandemic, I, I couldn't go lifting because I used to go to the gym. Yeah. And so things definitely changed body wise for me. I feel like a little, a little skinnier. Than I used to be, but you look good. <laughs> stretching, love that. I love stretching every morning. Yeah, Tom does yoga. Usually. I do a ton of um, yoga now. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, the, over the last like maybe eight months, I started in like October. I started just like trying to like take better care of myself. Like realized I hadn't been to a doctor to have a physical since I was like a teenager or something. I'm like, wow. I could I could be riddled with cancer yeah. right now. I have no idea and just drop dead one day. I'm like, I should probably take care of that and like be ready to go and like fight it. If like instead of just like. Hey, you're gonna die, and you could have done something three years ago, but too bad you did. So your so, whole life you didn't go to the doctor since you were really, that young. Not really. Wow. No, I just you're the same age. Yeah, forty six. Okay, so. okay. Yeah, yeah. I started eating a little better, cut down drinking, and I started doing a bunch of yoga. And like, it was one of those things I always really wanted to do, but I didn't want to be that guy in the yoga class. Like, oh, you're just here to check out the girls. What are you doing, right? So like, <laughs> my girlfriend and I started going, and we just absolutely fell in love with it. It's great, and we got this little community that we go to, and it's awesome. And I'm probably gonna join Shelter now. How was your no. how was your doctor checkup? Good. Oh, it was great. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm super healthy. It's awesome. It's awesome. awesome. Like I got to do all the fun things like a colonoscopy, like super fun. Oh, I, I did one of those too recently. Yeah, yeah, man. Nice, you got to do yeah. one soon, too, Bobby. I got. Uh-oh. I'm getting up there. I never been put. Out, I never been put under my whole life. I was oh, really? so shook, and I did it. It was so easy, man. You wake up just all goofed I out. I got the perfect vegan colon, man. It's perfect. Yeah, nice. It's clean as a whistle. Woo! Uh, so a couple, a couple years ago, I was not. It's not about your colon. Okay, okay. but uh, it's about <laughs> routines. I was uh, hanging out with some buddies that are ex. Uh, Navy SEALs. Oh shit! And we were hanging at my house. Real ones. We live on the on the on the beach, and it's not a sandy beach, but it's a rocky beach. Anyway, we go down there, and they're like, "Okay, this is what you do every day, if you can, just jump in the ocean, and if that's the worst thing that happens to you every day, you're doing great. Like it like sets your mind, yes. sets your mindset. And real and, cold plunge. And it's like 55 degrees, something like that. That's high. Usually, yeah, it's good. But um, but I don't do that every. I did it for a month every day okay. after that. But now I kind of do cold showers. I do cold showers. Yes. And today I was trying to do a cold shower and it was not getting goes in the hotel. Uh-huh. It's like hotels are the worst because it does not get cold. It doesn't. No. Not here in California, at least. Yeah. yeah. Cold showers are so good for you. But man. it just wakes me up. You know who has amped, a cold ready plunge? To rock. I, I'm about to show you guys after this. Yeah. Dude. It's a life changer, Dude, man. Really? It's a That's real rad. life changer. So cold plunge. Are you a coffee guy too? I don't drink coffee anymore. I quit caffeine completely. When? A couple years ago. Wow. How do you yeah. feel? I feel tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on yerba mate now because that's like a different, different kind of caffeine. Yeah, yeah it's See, different. I'm kind of down with that. Me too. I, I Coffee makes me crazy jittery. Same. Dehydration. I feel dirty on it, yeah. like dirty. a heroin addict. I have to go to the bathroom. So I, I crash hard. I yeah, matcha crash hard. now and again. Matcha's great. Not every day. Okay, but it, it, I can feel a little. I can feel it when I drink oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Matcha's got caffeine. Yeah. So, so that's as much caffeine as I usually ever do. Like was it, was it giving blue. you anxiety or like giving you? I got a um, uh, kidney stone. 
Oh, from let's coffee. Let's talk about it. From yeah. not coffee, probably. Probably from energy drinks. Well, let's talk about it. I'm supposed to be in Europe playing Manchester tonight, but I'm not there because Rusty is passing kidney stones. Oh, no. Whoa. So here we go. Because rest, Rusty drinks a lot of energy. Right he drinks now. a lot of coffee. Oh, well, hey. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's because of it. Love you, Rusty. I'm not a doctor, but you tell me your experience. Because well, caffeine with no water is bad too. Yeah, I was I was doing the studio every day, and it was it was like I said, it was a few years ago, and I was doing more like other clients. People come in and, and record, and so I was just drinking these blue Rockstar drinks every day. Wow, and I've I got never addicted. Had I got okay. addicted to it. Like I just couldn't go a day without. Sometimes two, Damn. sometimes three, and you know I have. I know people that have passed away from drinking too many Red Bulls. You know, I heard about that. Wow, stuff like yeah, that. Wow. Yeah, I've never tried a Red Bull or any of those drinks. I'm scared. So it hit me finally. I'm like, oh, why do I feel so nauseous and like terrible? And it, at one point, I couldn't even stand up or sit down. Like you just you're trying to get into a position that doesn't hurt, and it's just really hard. It's so gnarly, dude. You can't you can't you can't really sleep. I mean, you can sleep, but it's weird. Yeah. So that happened to me. We had a show. It was a it was like a week or so before a show in San Antonio. We were playing a festival down there and got on stage the oh, whole your time. Live record recorded in San Antonio, correct? Uh, it was before that. Okay. It was before our okay. live record. But um, we I'm were flying. Cool, we were flying down there. I had to pee like four, five, six times on the airplane. Everybody's looking at me like, "Is this guy a terrorist? Like, what's going on? He's gonna hijack the plane." But we did the show, and I was jumping up and down the whole show, I was just going crazy. And that night, the first pee I had, ah, it was like. Fire through my dick. Holy fuck. Oh, and somebody told me when you have this, you're supposed to jump up and down to get out faster. That's what I heard later. Yes. I think that's why I was jumping up and down. So a little, like, little rock came out? A little, a little, it, it was a little rock. I kept it. I put it on a little piece of <laughs> toilet paper. And I went over. All these guys were eating at this like Applebee's type restaurant across the street. I you went over there and I'm like, look, uh, it came out. You remember that? No. But I don't know if I actually brought it. So just you had one come out? Yeah, one came out. Yeah, Rusty's been, then, Rusty was going for a whole week, man. All kinds. Oh, they geez. kept coming out? And blood clots and Whoa. blood. I love Whoa, you, Rusty. Rusty. Yeah. Rusty. I love you, Rusty, Sounds man. Horrible. Yeah. He's all good now, but yeah. That's no joke, man. Yeah, yeah. You guys are convincing me to quit energy drinks right now. Oh, so yeah. you think it's caused by caffeine energy drinks uh, and too much sugar, I heard. Who knows what? I don't know. Yeah. Diet, diet changes everything, though. Yeah. I think so. It helps everything. That's what, I mean, I lost like 50 pounds over the last like six months and it was wow it was, it was 50 pounds it was, it was diet pounds? it was all yeah it was all diet wow. what have you been doing what have you been doing yeah just ate better and like more sensible portions like i used to have like a breakfast burrito every day and now i do like a like a smoothie every morning like a banana smoothie it's just nice yeah he's got me on the banana smoothies nice chop up two bananas freeze them throw That's a couple cups of milk or whatever you do and a little splash of vanilla and blend it up it tastes like ice cream and i get to eat it for breakfast every day yeah. it's amazing you it's ever like, do cleanses and stuff never really done any of those no i'm on my second the uh the yeah. i've done that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah i'm yeah, on my yeah. second day juice right now just juice yeah just juice yeah yeah i'm gonna try feeling good i do it a lot what does it get when does it get gnarly for you after uh, my wife just left town today, so I'm by myself, so I can be a real grumpy asshole by myself. So, day three or four, it's gonna kick in. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll go like to a week or two. I did 18 days last year. I'm gonna try to do Dang. 21 this year. Just, just juice. Yeah, greens. Oh, I have the fridge greens wow. and all kinds of juice and water and juice and my athletic greens, which I'll give you some. Yeah. They sponsor the pod. Just, yes. just, all, just all healthy shit. That's right. I ran five miles this morning on a cleanse already. Yeah, I'm trying to push myself. I'm 53. I'm trying to go hard. Right. Yeah, use I, it or lose it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's you ever do juice cleanse, Bobby? I, I don't juice. I've never done it. <laughs> Let's I just, do it. I love eating so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I was doing eating. a juice cleanse on tour. That's in, gnarly. In Canada. Yeah. And when I realized I was an idiot, 
is these guys are all having like I had to tell the best stop. steak dinner, whatever it is, you know. And I, I know you guys don't eat meat, but it's okay. Uh, just like a huge spread, and I'm like sitting here with my juice. Like, sorry, I'm on a diet. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. You, That's no. hard, man. When you're no. on people eating. Oh, he, go was, ahead. he was on stage, and he was looking at me like he's like. I can't like I'm falling I'm like because you're not eating because he's exhausted yeah I'm like you picked the worst time of your life like being on tour to like I'm just gonna drink this like water and cayenne and <laughs> do you get tired oh you did <laughs> master cleanse I did master yeah, cleanse it's crazy yeah. it's gnarly did you shark yourself on stage no luckily no I was good but you, it just you, get you get well, you know grumpy what, like you, know you said happened, though, grumpy, you're super grumpy that's a weird one because that's like really nothing in there it's like what is it what's in that cayenne pepper honey it's uh, like a real syrup. LA kind yeah. of one. Yeah, it's like it's like nothing lemon, it's, it's maple lemon syrup, yeah. juice. Yeah, yeah because the, the greens maple. ones, these you're getting your nutrients. Yeah. You know what I mean? That one's different. Yeah. That, you, that's hardcore. Bill Stevenson told us about that one, and that's the reason why I think you were doing it. Yeah. Bill's <laughs> Bill wouldn't quit. Bill. I'm not going to quit. Yeah. yeah. I know Beyonce did lost like 35 pounds or something really? a couple Dang. years ago. Yeah. Whoa. You know, yeah, the ma- it's called the Master Cleanse. Yeah, Master Cleanse. So you don't cleanse? That's No, I mean, should I? No, I mean, you're healthy. You surf like every freaking second. Yeah, but... I, I feel know, like you're jacked I... underneath. You always wear extra little shirts. Yeah. I'm not. I, I bet you're jacked and you're surfing and stuff. <laughs> you coffee guy too, Bobby? No, I don't drink any caffeine. Okay. Yeah, I've Why never. Why? I've just never. I, just, I don't like how I feel edge. on it. Wow. And I also, edge. I don't. Yeah. Hard edge. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. not bad. But I also, I think I talked to you about this before. I don't have, I have like terrible sleep as it is. I don't sleep much. So if I drink caffeine, yeah. then I really don't sleep. You're doing like six hours a night sleep? No, no, no. Six would be great. Five? Oh. I'm like three to four a night. Oh. Wow, that's so yeah. bad. I've been it's like tough. that since I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, I don't sleep. Do you track your sleep? You know exactly what yeah, you're Yeah, we have See, uh, like sleep pod. It's yeah. called Eight Sleep. I don't know if you guys know. Eight I don't even want to know. I don't want to like, I don't want to know if I'm like getting two hours Are you a crappy sleeper too? I'm generally pretty good if I have the right settings, but on the wrong, like if there's something happening tomorrow that's really important, I'm not going to sleep well. Yeah, oh, that's for sure. Going. Yeah. yeah. Just the anxiety of it. I'm, I'm pretty solid. I mean, I, I lay down, I'm out. Like, you sleep, sleep anywhere? Anywhere. That's a superpower. No, I can't sleep anywhere. Airplanes, I can never sleep. Me too. Not I airplanes. can't sleep on planes. Yeah. No, never. That's the worst, man. Overnight flights, wide awake yeah. sitting there. Flying to fly in Australia, just wide awake the whole time. Cool. And then you get there and you're wrecked. Yeah. 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 I can't sleep on tour. I take melatonin. It still doesn't work. It's rough, yeah. man. Yeah. Damn. You guys, um, optimist or pessimist? I'm an optimist. optimist. I, I, guess I feel yeah. that. Yeah. Even though I get grumpy, like you said, like yeah, we're human, though we're not perfect. Human. Yeah, that's it. I, I forget that I'm human sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you guys believe in yourselves. You like never, you know, gave up on your shit. And yeah, you know I mean, there's, mean? there's just you know, there's no reason. Like all that negative energy, there's no reason for it. It's not going to get you anywhere. You're not yeah. going to solve anything by being negative. You're yeah. going to like if you're thinking positively and you're like acting positively then it's gonna just you're gonna make those better things happen for yourself yeah what do you, what do you think the reason why you guys never quit and never give up and still doing it and still love it at your age it's fun yeah yeah i mean honestly, that's not number, always that's, fun though. that's the number one thing because <laughs> when the yeah. business gets involved it makes it i hate i the hate it music, i hated business like it. having to have business meetings with the band it was always the worst but like i hate it man now having having a like a day job and like i tell him all the time like when he's like hey do you want to get together and practice i'm like Practicing is like a highlight of my week. Are you kidding? Like, mm. yes. Like, I'm down. I'm always down. Like, let me know. Like, we do at least like twice a day, twice a week now. I, I, honestly, I feel like making a new record, like this new record, is another thing that just keeps us together yeah. and, and brings us together. Like, we can kind of drift off if we're not doing as much or whatever. We hadn't been, we haven't been playing shows a lot. We've been yeah. working on the record, so like, we do have shows that are upcoming. But doing this record is like it's gonna force us even even though we do want to hang out, it's going to force us to hang out with each other yeah. to work on things. And that always, 
always brings joy to my life. I don't know yeah. about you. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's it's like <laughs> I'm serious. I know it's nice. It's we I go over to the studio after work and we hang out and we play some songs and have a bunch of laughs and it's great. I was gonna say, do you guys hang out outside of the band? Like, yeah. you, you're, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you're in a relationship, whatever. Same. You like go to dinners and not hang constantly. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not like we're yeah. double dating all the time. Or yeah, now, yeah, but, no, but yeah. like going out to the same shows. We're like, hey, you're on the, I'm going to that show too. Cool. You, can I get a ride? Yeah. Same. Yeah. 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 That'd be so cool to be at a show. And Mike and Tom are there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he always sh- picks me trip up. out. Right. I ride in the back. I'm like, holy I'm the shit! Yeah. The MXPX guys are at the show with next to at me. the local show Dude, in that yeah. town. That's crazy. We yeah. just went and saw the Queers. And nice. So cool. Water Rocket. Yeah. It was like that. It was like us hanging out, watching the Queers. What is your day job now? Uh, I work at a Navy shipyard okay. in, uh, in Bremerton. It's, it's like the minor, the mill of our town. Everyone, like both our dads work there. Oh, and it's that's just like cool. yeah. everyone works there. And what I do you had, do? I was a I was a machinery uh, marine machinery mechanic. Oh, nice machinery. Yeah. So you got mechanic. some skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you know, working on valves and pumps and things like that on like aircraft carriers and subs and all that. Oh shit! Oh. You're yeah. like a real person. And you didn't go to college. <laughs> you know, this is like your first kind no, of. No, I, I bartended and played in this band before I worked there. So wow. So you you learn on you learn on the fly. Was that kind of crazy transitioning into like? Yeah, like oh, a citizen, yeah. like real life. Like yeah. A, the, the first day I was driving into work, I was driving in at like you know six thirty in the morning, and I was just like am I making a huge mistake? What am mm-hmm. I doing here? But like I got in and like, I actually ended up like, I liked work, working on my car. I had an old Malibu okay. and like, I always liked taking things apart You're and seeing how they worked. Yeah. I, just, I was, I always liked working on things and mechanical things. So I ended up getting in realizing that's all I was really going to get to do. And I worked with some really fun people and I was like, okay, this place doesn't suck. This is all right. And then I get a ton of leave. So like going to doing shows, it's never a problem. So that's cool. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Do the people at work, know about oh, your yeah. other life yeah, i know yeah okay yeah. they must trip everyone, out rock star yeah Any, there's like anyone a who has here. a band and a job is always a hey, rock star every time right <laughs> it's true yeah. and then how do you, yeah. do you have, is it weird describing your music to like civilians and stuff no most of them get it and okay. if they don't i'm like you know like blink 182 green day world and then they get that yeah that's yeah. i would tell people on the airplanes if they ask oh we're not as hard as metallica we're not as poppy as green day because yeah. they don't really know like hardcore or that like, yeah right, even right. sip was saying it's kind of embarrassing <clears throat> talking to parents at school like what do you do like, i'm a tattoo artist and i'm in a band called gorilla biscuit yeah, yeah. Like, just saying like, that what? Name. <laughs> like you're in a band what's a, like what's it called gorilla it's different to say we're in biscuit because they're massive and people know sure, but yeah. like <laughs> just hardcore this is what you do like i don't know in reality becoming a parent and going to the school i was serving yeah. lunch at my son's school they called me nice. tattoo man just like being like normal in society <laughs> yeah do you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. you always stick out it's a weird transition like i, like I said it's becoming a citizen so you're, yeah you're the cool dad a normie whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. you're the cool dad cool dad yeah. but it's interesting we try to explain like what you do yeah damn it's weird i mean i'm still doing this full-time and so it's like you've been full-time full-time the whole time i had wow. Technically, the only other job I had since MXPX started was on the side of MXPX, and it was doing a podcast. Yes. I did a... Mike Herrera podcast. That's your well, podcast. Well, Mike Herrera... I don't consider that a job, by the way. That's okay. just <laughs> what I do as a hobby. But <laughs> but I actually got hired by this startup, Delhi Radio, they were called, uh, four years, five years ago. Yeah. Maybe, maybe at this point, it was way more than that, actually, probably 10 years ago. But they hired me on the side like not to do what i do with the mike herrera podcast but like do this new podcast for their company only thing is is it didn't come out on any of the podcasting streaming services okay it was only on their app so if you didn't have their app wow you're not going to hear it and when you <laughs> played it if you stopped it you had to start it all over again <laughs> what like was it was not made right <laughs> and it was the whole point of this app was to like have, have local local shows like i want to go to a show tonight i'm gonna look on my app and find 
the local show that's happening in my city. Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. Um, so I did a podcast for them and like I'd go to meetings. I'd fly down to San Francisco, go to Oakland to their offices, wow. drink, you know, drink a, a beer in their offices and play ping pong. Like it was like a wow. startup Interesting. from, you know, from the early 2000s right. where people were just throwing money. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I got hired by this other dude that I knew. Casey Schaefer, by the way. Okay. What's up, Casey? Uh, <laughs> he always just like, he's like, I know a guy. And he called me. And I'm like, I guess I'll take free money. Because it was during a time where Tom was sort of doing his thing, Tom and Yuri. I was just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And so I took a job that I could still do music on the side and do whatever I wanted. But it was technically a job. I got salary. And it was like <laughs> six months long. Probably get medical insurance? Uh, I didn't get medical insurance. Okay. It was. It that's was, one thing that's hard being in a band, man. Yeah, I so still just hard. pay for my own, just Same. out of pocket. Well, yeah. I get it through my wife's job now. I, I haven't had okay. it my whole life though until we had our son. Yeah, we got him insurance, not us. That's probably our biggest bill is health insurance. Yeah, and that's the one thing. Wow. Like, there's no retirement for what we do. This is no. what we do. There's nothing like that. Four hundred one k's, none of that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Four hundred one k. Dedication we put out that? for these kids, man. Our lives, thirty years. You know what I mean? And more are doing this. It's because we love it. Yeah. yeah, and we can still be big kids and travel in the world, and they really grow up in a sense. Even though we're parents and we own properties and we're you know, adults, we're still big kids. Yeah, doing what we love, still Absolutely. getting tattooed. You guys still have lip rings. I fucking love it. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? I know. Like I still, still, yeah, it's, you know what I mean. You have like over 400 episodes of your pod, right? Yep. Damn, yeah. that's a great. It's awesome, man. Yeah, I just started doing it because it was around the same time where they they were busy with their jobs, and yeah. I was kind of just trying to figure out what am I gonna do until you know mxpx gets going again or whatever you know so i just i'm gonna do a podcast and awesome be man. creative still be creative still therapeutic talking yeah. to people i love that man. yeah and honestly me as a person i'm terrible with people like uh i'm not good socially i feel like okay. so like forcing myself to get out there and talk to people i wouldn't normally talk to not that i don't want to talk to them i, I do yeah but being a little introverted, which is funny, you know, being a front man. It is. It is. It, there's a lot of musicians are like that. I though, think too. there's when way more on stage. You're like, it, that's where they feel. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's interesting. But even on stage, I almost don't have to pay attention to the people. Yeah, you can zone out. I mean, I'm talking to you them. Have to pay attention to the lyrics. You got to pay attention yeah, to the lyrics. Yeah. I'm paid. I'm paying attention <laughs> to the, the general vibe of the crowd, but I don't really feel like in, I don't feel like they're staring at me. Mm. Right. Mm. Unless. Unless I'm like completely by myself, yeah. then then I do. But get in your zone. The acoustic thing. Have you ever done any? Do you play guitar? Talk no, about? I don't. But yeah. I did acoustic once for something we did in New York outside, in front of our Frank's Chop Shop, the barber shop. We did mm -hmm. a fundraiser, and we and my band played acoustic. That was interesting. We're not really unplugged kind of band. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. kind of rough. I mean, it's hard. This new record for MXPX, we generally have tons of songs that are great acoustically, and there isn't really anything that works well acoustic. Yeah. So we're trying to do promo stuff. We went. I went to New York last week. And I had to like figure out a new way to do this song. So "Stay Up All Night" is our first single, and it's got a cool little riff to it, and and it's it's cool. But I had to like tune it differently. And, yeah. Because when when I'm with these guys, I'm belting it out. I'm doing. It's way different. Yeah, man. it's way different. Wow. You had to tune it different. Cheater. Most of the <laughs> most of the songs on this record are are positive, but this one sort of kind of gets you in the gut a little bit if you okay. really, if you really pay attention. Yeah. But, um, do you guys pay attention to new bands, new hardcore bands, what's going on, and the young bands coming up? A little bit. Uh, it kind of comes and goes. Bands, there's I, a lot of shit going on. Definitely man. hard to keep up. I know Drain has been killing it. Yeah, we just had we just did a tour with them in March in Europe. They're killing they it. They were just up in Tacoma, I think. Yeah. But I, didn't, I haven't seen them play live yet. Incredibly so. live, fun, 
kids are bringing like blow up dolphins and like <laughs> and like one all these things to go in the ocean and beach balls. It's really 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 super pop and they're super hard, but they're smiling. I like how hard they are, but then the, they're just smiling. The crowd's having fun, even though the breakdowns make you want to kill somebody. Everybody's kind of dancing, you know. It's mm-hmm. interesting, but like yeah, scow. We That's talk about cool. the gel, drain, Zulu, um, praise, tsunami speed. tsunami speed. There's just so many bands, man. It's awesome. And Turnstile, obviously, they're, they're like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these yeah, like kind of uh, the under the, the umbrella of Turnstile. Sure. All of their friends, they're rocking their shirts. It's so cool. And seeing Brendan play drums in Trapped Under Ice last week, so his original cool. band. It's cool, man. It's rad. It's thriving, man. Yeah, it seems like hardcore is coming back huge. And, yeah. And whatever the reason is, I guess Turnstile, but I don't know what led to that. You know. So. Yeah. Right. I think coming out of the pandemic, a lot of bands started like around 2019, 20. Like Speed, someone around for a couple of years. They blew up after the pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just people being trapped for two years, wanting to get out and go to shows and. Seeing videos of mosh pits and stuff, it's cool, man. Just get that aggression out. Yeah, let's yeah. go. It's yeah, re- it's really cool to see it, man. It's alive and well. Any more questions for these guys? I have too many. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> just ask. Go, any just more. go. Just give him another one. Give him another one, man. You love this band. Come on, Bobby. I'm good. I'm good. Did, did we cover good stuff? You want? I hear? think so. Yeah, I feel like you guys ran the gamut. Anything yeah. else you want to say to them, or no? Or? Uh, no. I mean, I wanted to talk about punk stuff, and I guess. The last question we can, or last question I can offer is just talking about punk in general because of the style of punk that you did. And I guess this goes back to the punk rock, like the cred thing and the punk rock guilt thing that we talked about earlier. But the generation we grew up in, bands like yours and H2O's and Blink-22, the, the melodic side of punk, there was a lot of grumbling, especially as Green Day was starting to become such a massive pop band. And in the punk communities, I just remember people being like, are they punk enough? Are they not? You know, like, who is punk? Uh, Mm -hmm. What exactly is that? And we felt a lot of that in streetwear over the last, like, 10, 15 years because of Supreme. And that Supreme became, like, the biggest thing ever. And everyone's like, this was supposed to be an underground thing for us. And I feel like we're watching it happen in Turnstile. And and Blink-182, you know, headlining Coachella. I don't know if I yeah. ever imagined that that would happen. I didn't even imagine that would happen a year ago. I would have never have guessed that, that could yeah. something like that could happen. Yeah, it was it was weird seeing them when they when Enema State came out and like I'd seen them the year before we were touring them or something and I went the next year and saw them headline The Gorge in Washington, which is just like I think 35,000 people or something just yeah. craziness. And crazy. So I don't know. I mean, there is no real question really, but it's more just a a reflection on all of it because with you guys and I, I kind of started off the conversation talking about this. I felt like you were always really underground and core and like very authentic, you know, just the entire, I know even you were saying the first three albums of your discography sound different, but I feel like the entire thing is so cohesive. Like it all makes sense together. And you guys didn't have a moment where you were headlining Coachella. And there was also not a moment where you disappeared and fell off. True. Like most of the bands I grew up listening to. And so it's just you embody, you know, you cornered this one strange pocket, I think, of music where you've maintained authenticity. Your audience is like you're beloved by your community still. There's so much brand cachet and integrity around MXPX. People say that name and they're like, wow, they've just stayed true all the way through and through of what they've done um maybe this is just like my love letter to mx <laughs> thank you thank you that's no cool question at all but <laughs> thank you. uh thank you, yeah. it's just been really like amazing to watch and um there's i, I was 
when I ran into you guys when we were here, I was trying to tell you about my best friend Billy and I from high school. It was the band that we had in common, and it was greater cool. than a band, right? It was more than just the music we listened to when we would drive up Big Bear and go snowboarding and stuff. Um, and we still talk about that. I'm like, yo, I listened to this today. I listened, and we're so old now. We still like, <laughs> we have all these touch points emotionally with the band. Um, Memories, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's just bigger than a band, you know? And I think they're bands that are just meant to be bands, and they provide good music, and they have a couple hits, and then they're bands that really become like people's lives. And you've just always been like this soundtrack in the back of like my youth and my adulthood. You know, I still played around my kids. And so my kids now know. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. That kind of stuff keeps us going. Yeah. That's motivation to just keep rolling. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. doing it. Thank yeah. you guys for He's doing it. He's giving the flowers, bro. They get their flowers Thank you. just now from yes. you. Yes, appreciate that. That's from all the fans to you. Oh. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the, it, man. The we, kids thing, though, is really great, too, because all the shows we play now, like, you got parents bringing their, like, teenage kids who, like, are into the band, too, and they're, like, yeah. the next generation. It's just so cool to see. And they're, like, I love that, man. the parents yeah. are so stoked because, like, my kid is into good stuff that I was into. This is great. You know? Yeah, my kids know all the, the hum, like, they hum along to all the hooks and melodies because it's always been playing in the house somewhere when we're driving. It's just, wow. I don't. Th- I'm not cognizant of it and I'm driving them to school and I'm just playing it because I'm in my own world. And then later they'll be reciting lyrics and I'm like, how do you know that? They're like, you've been playing it our whole life. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, yeah, it's permeated culture. It's cool. It goes generation, generation to parents and stuff like that. And it's still, I think that's something really beautiful about punk rock and hardcore too. And the internet helps with that also too. Just people just looking up bands, you know, we had to discover them ourselves back in the day through records or, thank you list or somebody's t-shirt on the back cover oh, yeah. now it's just like you can find anybody's discography or that's what's, that's one big positive about the internet definitely like, like in staying in touch with what you guys are up to and just hearing the music and it's great and i like that now kids actually the newer bands care about the history and the roots of where this came from you know what i mean yeah and also something you said too about is, is it punk enough or that enough mm-hmm. the thing about punk rock and harker is like well we have own each have our own definition of what that is but there's no blueprint to any of this you know what I mean? It's more than yeah. just the music and the lyrics, and it's it's our lives. You know what I mean? It's something that's like a spirit inside of us. It can't really be defined by like just us or our opinion, because some of the hardcore coming out now may not be what we thought it was when we were kids. But it's just just generations hardcore, and I yeah. love and I respect that. Yeah, I'm into the gatekeeping old head mentality. Like that's not punk. I was never like that. I love new things and the diversity now is really happening in punk and hardcore. That was sung about by seven seconds in the 80s is really happening now mm. you know what i mean like at the shows it's so beautiful to see it's a golden age yeah it's a golden a age. age yeah yeah it's just still here and it, and it had, so it's the same meaning you know the memories mm. and the meaning so yeah i'm with you well thank you guys yeah. for being here i appreciate it man this is thanks for having awesome us. man we've met throughout the years played together throughout yeah. the years yeah. it's just nice to sit down and talk to you guys and it's awesome man you guys are great. You're aging well. And oh, stoked thanks. to be part of it. And punk rock Dude, keeps you young, man. Thanks for having us. Of course, Dude, man. Punk definitely keeps, punk and hardcore keeps you young. This whole world keeps you young. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure it does. Yeah, I was going to say, like, be, being part of the hardcore scene, not that we're part of the hardcore scene, but, like, just being in the I mean, the you're hardcore. playing Furnace Fest with Hatebreed. I mean, That's yeah. true. I guess we are. That's and see, that's the mentality I've had my whole life is I, mean, I guess I'm not really part of this thing, but we are. Yeah. We're all part of it together. Because one of my one of my friends, like one of the hardest guys I know, you're one of his favorite bands. He was bugging you coming in the podcast. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the, as soon as I mentioned Amex Specs, oh my God, I love them, love them. Just people oh. you would never know that listen to your band. You don't know who's listening. That, so it's that outsider mentality. Like, like we said, we're from, you know, middle of nowhere and up in Washington. So like, always had that ins- outsider thing but it's crazy to hear the stories like that and go like wow really that's but so i think cool. it makes you guys even cooler 
that you weren't from this major, major place. You know what I mean? And you made your mark, and, and, you, and you're up there with all the other bands. You did your thing. You never gave up. You know what I'm saying? It made your, yeah. own, your own sound. And people like Bobby, who still listens to you, is a grown-ass man with a kids and a, <laughs> an amazing company, and he's one of the hardest-working, busiest people I know. And you took time to be here today because yeah. you love this band. They had an impact yeah. on you as a kid. Thanks for it says, making time. It, it says a yeah. lot, you know what I mean, about your music. It's wild. Dude, awesome. I, I can't even take credit for it, even though I write a lot of the lyrics. and It's just weird because it feels like it's not m myself, just myself. It's yeah. like part of something bigger totally. that I'm kind of drawing from. I, yeah. Maybe that's even making it bigger than it should be. But, but now you guys are the OGs now, though. It's wild. Crazy. We started it's out crazy. as literally <laughs> the always the little kids. Yeah. That was literally why people know about us is because, oh, you got to know about this band because they're so little. Because if we were playing the songs we were playing as adults, it'd be like, these guys are terrible. <laughs> but as little kids, it's like, okay, that's that's pretty good. I mean, so. I mean, getting like a record deal playing in your backyard is pretty freaking crazy. I mean, yeah. they'll come into your parents' backyard. That's insane, man. It was wild. First show. First show. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So we, uh, it was what, 90, that was 94, 90, well, no, probably 94 when he came to our. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Think, but. And so online you have mxpx.com. Wow. Yeah, mxpeaks.com. We have the new record up for sale right now. It comes out August 25th, so people probably listen to that after that, and it's out. No, I'm dropping his pockets before that, for sure. Awesome. You guys getting bumped up. Woo. And just Woo. know if you order merch from MXPX, their parents are folding it and packing it and shipping yes. it out. Yeah. <laughs> that is so, that's my, one of my biggest takeaways from this. Your parents mm -hmm. are so supportive. Dude, Still doing that shit. It's cool. My parents were out of town all week, and they just got back into town, and my mom texted me. She's like, we have a shipment coming tomorrow for like – shippers that the vinyl goes into yeah, yeah. and i'm like oh sorry i forgot to tell you i'm out of town tomorrow but so like they're taking care of it all and i'm not even there and wow. they'll just do awesome it. man and i'm like do you need help they're like no we get it all right so sick they got locked down yeah when it gets busy we get like friends we all go over there. like yeah. me and my girlfriend will go there and help pack things or like other friends of ours will all come just show up and like you know like throw a bunch of people at it. it's like a party it's ultimate diy man yeah, yeah. we still Damn. do it even now That's and we're like cool. headlining furnace fest and Playing when we were young. That's and, cool, you know, it's man. Just, it's wild. It's amazing. It's all it's, the music transcended to our generations, and that's it's a beautiful thing. Is Chappelle, you. you here? Chappelle Lacey. I guess he's not. My boy was going to put for a question. Uh -oh. But yo, thank you for listening, Bobby. Thanks for being here. Thank you for Bobby, having me. Bobby, look, you look. You need some caffeine, though. No, I could. <laughs> I could use. I mean, I surf for like three hours. Oh, today? Morning. Yeah. You take naps? No, I'm you so take power busy. Naps? Not really. It's once, once in a blue so moon. So busy. Yeah. If yeah. I can, but. I respect the no caffeine thing. I think I'm going to try to step step off my caffeine, man. I mean, I would love caffeine if I could sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. The record's out this week, probably, because this is going to drop. What's what's the record? 25th? 25th, 25th, which is Friday. So it drops on Monday. Yeah. 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 All right. This Friday, it's coming out. Thanks for listening. Bobby Hunt, you can find him anywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> Peace. You'll edit it in. Yeah, okay, it. I had Bobby, one. I'm gonna go I pee. do have. Yes. This is Bobby's turn now. Okay, okay, fine. Bonus scene. I just wanted to know why you stayed in Bremerton. That's because a good question. I feel like Bremerton was always the fourth band member, right? It was a, such yeah. a character in your guys' story, yeah. and yeah. it's cool to hear years later. I was, I just assumed you had left at some point, but you're yeah. there. Going there tonight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's where you're from. It's where you grew up. You know, and like. It's it's a beautiful area. It's we got the mountains and the ocean. It's all right around there whenever you want. And it's close to Seattle, but we're still out on our own a little bit. It's just it's just I don't know, it's, just, it's home. I like, feel like yeah. we were just going so nonstop touring 
we didn't really spend a lot of time in Bremerton. So by the time oh by the time we were like established, we're still living in Bremerton. Yeah. So it didn't make much sense to like move to LA to like get big because we were already big. Yeah. So I think that honestly is the main reason we didn't leave Bremerton because we got big in Bremerton. That's interesting. There was there was definitely times where I think 1998 we were home for maybe a Mm. month. So just like I mean, there's like a generation of friends. Like, oh, do you know blah blah? blah? I'm like, no. Like, but you grew up around here. Like, yeah, but I was never here for like a decade. Exactly. I was gone all the time. Like, I lived here and had a house here and come over once in a while. But I, you know, we just we were just gone so much too. That was another reason why it just made it easy to stay there is because we just always were gone. Yeah. Is Yuri still there too? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah. I don't know. That just was like the coolest part of the interview to me. What did they stay there? That they stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But forget your roots, man. Those guys really live it. You guys are still there. Yeah. I'm sure you had opportunities to move places, but. Yeah, I mean, I guess I moved to Texas too, but I still live in Washington. But um, the thing, another thing is, is we just, you know, we started touring and seeing all these places that we're like, that's cool. That's cool. But ultimately nothing. I need to go to Bremerton. Nothing stuck. Yeah, me too. I think of Beaverton when I hear that. But do they have like yeah. a, a day for you there? Like, a, does Bremerton no. like the city? <laughs> no, they should though. No, like, you, you know, are the most really famous thing that's happened in Bremerton. We did, we did get we did get the key to the city once though. Okay, right, let's yeah. go. For yeah. Real? Yeah, 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 for real. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We were they were doing this whole downtown revitalization thing, and they asked if they could use their song "We to Bremerton" for it. Yeah. We said sure, and they said, you know, we want you to play this show. We said no problem, and they said, well, what else do you want? And I'm jokingly in the background, it's like. We want the key to the city. <laughs> and like the mayor's people are like, yeah, no problem. We can make that happen. I'm like, wait, what? That happened? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So when you guys, people recognize you a lot walking around there probably? Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all respect, all love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the most part, yeah. I mean, no. I, mean, I can't remember the last time I had a negative one from it. <laughs> yeah, I think That's the negative so cool. people keep it to themselves now. That's so cool. No, they just say it online. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, there <laughs> Any you go. more not, questions? Not Come person. on, man. We got the, we're, we're no, done. we're good. We're really done. You sure? I'm going to hang up this shit and you have something else. I'm done. You sure? Yeah. Let's go look at. I know, your, I know, the, I know the major influences are Descendants for sure. Oh, descendants, yeah. Bad Religion. Yeah. So yeah. Shout, shout out to Milo right now too. Yeah, yeah. Milo, that's right. Seems like he's doing covering. Well. Yeah, doing well. reco- yeah, man. That'll that'll um, turn your life around a little bit. Like yeah. make you pay attention to some things. Mm-hmm. I love the friendship you can see too because him and Bill have been posting those. I know ones. the videos from the, the hospital. Man, yeah. it's so yeah. cute, so cool. man. Yeah. Damn. Because you'd think of Milo as like this unhuman thing. Speaking of Milo and, and them and their friendship, like maybe that's part sub, subconsciously part of how we stayed together so long because oh. our influence was the Descendants. They and, were the model. And they told us go. early on, do your shit, work hard, yeah, don't get all flashy, like just just do this, yeah. You know, and and, and those guys are probably gonna be man. fine, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so we kind of take that a little bit, you know, to heart as far as like be a rock band, be a punk band, and just work hard. You know, and not not get all caught like up. Stay in your lane, the, do your thing. Don't worry yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And it's I'm sure we've gotten, gotten out of our lane a little bit, but but I, but I know what you mean. Part, like, we, not worry about what other people are doing. Just do your thing. Yeah, and just do our thing. So. I mean, it's super important, man. I think I think if my band ever li- read like a bad review from the first album until now, who knows if we or like every review or anything, it would we probably might not be here. But we just kept yeah. did our own thing and just yeah. kept doing it. You yeah. know, it's the best. It is, man. Like. All right, Bobby, this is it, man. Okay. There's no, there's no All right, back. I'm going to go pee. Bye. I'm going to throw these guys in now. I'm going to throw Bobby in the cold Thank punch. You. Bye. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. 
I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now and I can't stop. I've had laser treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out. Swiped the credit card. Don't really tell me much. Didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to Removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 remover treatments done. 100 locations, U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology, cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TOBYH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out.